really want more people, like ultimately, to to listen to us. <laughs> that would be good. That would be good. That would be handy. Uh, but I, I, I just want to give people that may be predisposed to liking a certain sort of thing the insight that that sort of thing might exist somewhere. And it's, it's the same yeah. thing I would want anyone to give me. Like we talk all the time, Dave, movie recommendation. If I like this, tell me something that I might also like. Yeah, I do. I, and I get that. You get that. But some people, uh, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. You know what I mean? And like you can be like, you can point shit out until you're black and blue like maybe check this thing out you know you might really like it if you're into this and that and blah 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 yeah at the end of the exactly. day you can't force you can't, you can't force someone to like something and you can't try to like um engage like and and it's and it, it's not to like yeah the discourse is so toxic in the space of like well i must be right or my my opinion must be right and to some extent i hope when i'm like talking to that thing i'm not i'm not trying to when someone's talking about the hangman thing, I'm not trying to argue against that position. I agree with that understanding because I understand where that person's coming from. I'm trying to say, I actually said like, may I present like, just, I think you will like this guy. And it's like, yeah. And it's not to say, and you say, well, I I've watched a bit of new Japan. I didn't get into that. My, I did this part, this part. It's like, cool, fine. And, or I just don't interested. I don't have the time. Okay, fine. But it's, I just want to make sure that there's an openness to be like, like, as I've said to you a million times, I am so grateful to the, the fucking dude behind the video count, video store counter that recommended, like my life is so much better for that discussion for like eight-year-old Josh is getting told yeah. to watch movies he shouldn't be watching based on what he's already watching. And it's so informative for instructive for what i would do you know it's just the unfortunate reality josh is that 85 percent of the people that went into that video shop wouldn't give that guy behind the counter five minutes they <laughs> yeah, just totally true. To the fucking blockbuster <laughs> section and grab the first one at the top and then walk the fuck out you know that's true and I, and i get it <laughs> But that's but that's what i'm getting at is like ultimately i just want to find that 15 percent you know, yeah. like I want to find that 15% because they're out there and we talk to them and they're so awesome on like Twitter and like the questions or people like in the DMs, get people in the DMs now. That's quite nice. You know, people slide in the DMs. Thanks <laughs> for that. DMs. Yeah, hey. it's nice. It's great. Like, um, have you got a dick pic yet, Josh? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I haven't. And that's not, that is not an invitation. Just people out there. Um, uh, red that is not yeah that is yeah red that's please please don't um yeah that that i don't want to be that sort of video store but i do think um it's sincere in the sense that you're not trying to and i have these chats with all there's so many awesome people on on twitter in that respect and there's so many there's so many just cunts on twitter too so i'm not going to dismiss that they they are out there life yeah that is that's life and i'm not yeah. but i don't care about their opinion because the reality of the situation is it's not from a position that has any relevance to my enjoyment i care about people's opinions where i can see that their opinion is informative of their position and their understanding so i can actually talk to them because i'm like okay i get where you're coming from it's not like i can see that person's coming from a position of probably 
profound hurt over there. So I'm just going to avoid that person. But like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like that's the thing that I, I think is really cool about that stuff. And I think that you're right. Like the video store guy is someone that I would talk to because I think that person uh, wanted to talk about movies. That's it. And I liked movies so we can talk about movies. And it's like that thing, like these people like new Japan pro wrestling. They can talk about thing. If you like wrestling, as I said, we're the king of dorks. If you like wrestling, you're a dork. It's just to what extent of your dorkdom, where is your dorkdom? But we're all dorks here. Let's not pretend like we have, you know, let's not pretend like that, that we're not. And so if we're all dorks together, we share a language. We understand the communal experience of watching wrestling and being a wrestling fan. It comes with all these very relatable experiences, whether you were bullied as a child, whether like, <laughs> like we understand these various things that we get the 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 looks you get when you have to try when do i introduce this in a relationship <laughs> when do i bring up the fact that i like pro wrestling like, i'm just waiting for someone to name drop a wrestler so yeah, like, yeah. yeah yeah okay cool cool yeah yeah, one of us, one of us. yeah. yeah. Oh, actually i actually like pro wrestling like that that is so informative for people that liked wrestling when they were kids it's like the first time when you had to like tell someone you like wrestling um mm. but like it's a different stage in your life wherever you are however you came to it you you join a tribe of fucking misfits and dorks and lunatics that are all into this thing and we play these stupid games where we try to elevate our dorkdom and it's just silly we talk about it all the time we think we're the we think we're, we love our version of dorkdom <laughs> We think it's the best, but ultimately we recognize it's just one way to do it. But I just think that when I hear someone, I go, oh, your doctum is resonating at a similar level to my doctum. <laughs> you're on my frequency. Yeah, you're yeah. on my frequency. If you're on my gotta, frequency. Shift a little bit. And it'll get just a little nudge. Yeah. Just a little nudge and you can go straight on this wavelength. Tune right in. <laughs> right? And yeah. now you can enjoy both. Dave's on about 8,000 pseudofeds at this point. He is powered by pseudoephedrine at this point. Um, but dedicate the episode to our fucking beast man, Kitamura. Oh, yeah. Very sad. Rest beast, Kitamura. Yeah. Very sad. Um, lovely tribute. I encourage everybody to go out and to see Great Khan's tribute to him. The man uh, had to break kayfabe but not break kayfabe no a tribute only okan could do um that tag team was a lot of fun as the juniors we were all very um high on, high on yeah. kitamura we thought the dude looked i mean let's be real he was a fucking beast he looked great oh he was good to the gills but he uh, was gonna yeah. be yeah. even just like even the way he looked as a young boy with like the teeth Fucking, yeah. he looked cool as fuck. Which yeah. Great Khan has has kept. Yeah, you know, yeah, like which is that. cool. Um, and you know, like it, I know Melts has reported that he didn't come back because you know there's a heart issue with him. Um, mm -hmm. and we um look, Kitamura lived an uncompromised life. That's the best way to put it. He did what the fuck he wanted to do, and the poor bastard, you know, his body just failed him in terms of being able to. That wasn't necessarily sustainable. Yeah. But 
man, like he, he shone bright for a period of time. And I actually was listening when I was editing back. I was kind of sad. I was editing back last week's episode and we, you know, it took me a while to edit. Uh, you know, it was a bit of a long one. Um, this one might take a while, but what had happened was I, we talked about Oleg and yeah. I had made a comparison. So he's just, he's like Kitamura. It's like, there's a freak. It's like a freak has entered the space and it's like, yeah. And I edit, I cut it out because we he obviously had passed away after we'd recorded, but before we'd released it. And it was just a, it just cause it's like, we were just talking about how great Kitamura was, but it was like, we hadn't mentioned the fact that obviously he passed away. So it's a, it is, as I said, like I wrote a thing on Twitter and I stand by it. Like he was, he was Red's young boy. Red adopted him. It was, oh, yeah. it was his boy. And it was sad when he obviously, he, he left in terms of New Japan. And we sort of like, that was a lost opportunity because he was so different. You just weren't going to see. Nah. Like he looked, he looked, he looked like unlike any young boy that has ever young boyed in the history of young boys. Like, yeah, he was like, he's like the walnut, but massive. Yeah. Like what's that? Like what? What's the biggest nut you can get? Because that was him. Like, and he had all the nuts. Like he was so yeah. big. And and the best thing was like, and this is the thing. Like I this this passing was very sad, and also taught me a lot about how few people were watching. Like how many new fans of New Japan there are because people hadn't hadn't really had a connection to to Big Kitamura. Yeah, and it was like oh, but for the people that saw him, every anyone that saw him said that's the next big star. Yeah, yeah. Because he was good. He was, he was, yeah. And he was, a, he was gonna, he would have been a homebred monster. Yeah. Young Lion, he won the Young Lion Cup. He got like no one, like he, remember, he, had, he wrestled Jay White. Like he was in the, he yeah. had the, he had that series where he had to try to prove himself. They gave him the eight match series in front of everyone whilst he was still a Young Lion. He was, I feel like he was the first test case of the super push where what they're talking about now, like with Oyua and Fujit, like, We've yeah. got like a guy who we think we don't, we shouldn't spend a lot of time. He was an older man. Like at the time he, 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 cause he was a fucking wrestler. Like he was a amateur wrestler and he got, I mean, he got done uh, for steroid use and had to get out of that. And obviously he had to find his way around in bodybuilding and he found yeah. his way to pro wrestling and he was the most pro wrestler that ever pro wrestled. And it's, a, it's sad. It was been a sad, it was a sad week off the back of the Inoki stuff, but it was like, again, a man who lived an uncompromised life, um, who did what the fuck he wanted to do. Uh, and I mean, yeah, it's sad. Uh, we yeah. obviously send off our thoughts to the fans, family and friends of uh, Kitamura. And as I said, Okan, uh, tribute only Great Okan can do somehow, somehow made it about himself and the United Empire. I don't know how he did it, but it's tied it all in. <laughs> um like all true great pro wrestlers, yeah. Like all true great pro wrestlers, he somehow found a way to make it about himself. Has written all over him. As I said, this is a thing of not avoiding. We don't avoid reality. That is a man that is connected to Great Okan. He will always be connected to Great Okan, and Okan will carry that with him, and that'll be part yeah. of his story. And that's that's what it is. It's it's real life. It happened, and Okan had to deal with it in front of us he was crying it's tough like it's not something that i think is a character component but it's a part that informs yeah. the character um it wasn't he actually said i'm not a pro wrestler right now and that's and that can happen it's it's a real thing um but we recognize that yeah you can't just you, whenever you see him flash those fangs kitamura's there yeah. so yeah so there's no intro needed for this week other than 
Josh and Dave watched a thing and talked about a thing yet again. Yeah, pretty much. Good goal. We did it again, Dave. We've got enough to talk about this week just with the autumn, you know, the um, autumn battle, whatever, tour, uh, battle autumn, whatever it's, the autumn tour. Um, and the, as I said, the Casio Belt Tournament, which, um, yeah, we've established is just you know the greatest thing just lights up autumn it's the it's the it's the autumn tournament right it's going to be it's going to be the two it's the g1 of autumn dude the more i see that casio belt the more i like it i do have a a fear though somehow uh it looks to me like it would fit better on like a junior size guy i get a feeling that like if it ends up on uh, he's not not in the not in the tournament anymore but on a like a cob, it'd be muffin topping over the a heavy like a belt buckle. Sides. Particularly this league, like when in that match against Yoshihashi, I'm like, fucking, he looks like a loaf of bread. He's getting beat. <laughs> oh, he's wearing white. We've had the white sides, and as soon <laughs> as he did that, like beefy. he's a beefy boy. He's the yeah. best kind of beefy boy, Dave. Uh, yeah, but I, I I think that bite that belt is rad. I like it. I reckon it's gonna look on the right guy. It's gonna look put like a perfect fit. Dave, I agree. I think, yeah. like, one, I think it looks like a Casio goal. But I think it does. Yeah, That's not a bad thing. That's It's unique. It's different. And everything about it is unique and different. If anything mm-hmm. has taught us, like, this tournament thus far is unique and different. And we've been asking for it for a while about New Japan during the, the pandemic era was sort of falling back on this, you know, tried and true, con- pretty conservative, I would say, in terms of its booking. This does not feel anything like conservative like i have no idea who's going to win i have a sneaking suspicion after one week dave that and this is what i want maybe it's a fantasy i want zach saber jr versus uh ren narita i want saberism versus anokiism i want that's i want at wrestle kingdom that to be the final i just think what a perfect stylistic matchup um i don't know if we'll get it but we talked a bit about it last week about the the unique matchups that you get as a result of it. Mm. Um, like the Alex Zane Sabre <laughs> match. I was like, oh, fucking, that's the match I didn't know that I wanted to see. <laughs> I was I was all over that shit. I thought it was awesome. Like yeah. what a what a great sort of uh contrast of styles to sort of throw together. And for yeah. the first match, ruined was... Alex Zane as a junior. Anyone that thinks that man could oh, yeah. be a junior. The commentary was like, he's put on some weight. <laughs> <He's>... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. If, it, if he was a junior at the beginning of the super juniors, by the time he got to the end, he wasn't. He <laughs> likes to eat. Yeah, he's fucking yeah. huge. He's a big boy. But yeah. but stylistically, Dave, he started like a house on fire. Mm. You know, that was his whole thing. Like, I gotta get this shit in. And you know, granted. You know, classic idiot baby face tapping out five seconds to go. But, you know, like that's the idea. Like he couldn't, he couldn't. How's that, that though? A hard fought match for 15 minutes, then to be determined by a coin toss. I fucking love it. I fucking love it. <laughs> I just think that's insanely ridiculous and only something that would happen in wrestling. That's yes. And only something would happen in New Japan in the sense of like, there's no overtime in this thing. It's, it's we've <laughs> got to going, figure it out. Like one minute. Yeah, I want Yano to get through all the way just on coin tosses. But the uh, <laughs> there's a there's something like I said, there's something really cool about we we what I like about it, Dave is when we go off and we have spent a lot of time last week talking about what we want to see, what we expect to see, what's possible, and then the tournament to just do that 
just to be exactly that, like a different presentation for every type of wrestler that's in the, in the thing. They get to do stuff sped up in different ways. Like I like the Finley uh, Kenamara, like that was like Kenamara was going for the coin toss. I think, <laughs> I think that was his mentality. I'm wrestling for well, the coin toss. But it made, it made sense, right? In the context of the match, mm. you got a, like the idea would be that the, the fast guy in Finley would want to be on his feet yep. and moving really quickly and speeding the match up and wearing out Kanemaru quickly. So to ground him, to ground him, and like, you know, like Sesame Daddy, he had him in the head, Sesame <laughs> El Drinky. It was, it was El Drinky was just saying, hang on, only New Japan would figure out the perfect way to start their youth-based speedy tournament with Kenamaru going to be like, I'm an old bloke and I'm slowing this the fuck down. And yeah, I'm like, it, was it made compelling. sense. Yeah. Yes, it did and make sense. It was like, oh, the head scissor. That was like harkens back to the old days of the TV title back in fucking WCW. Or <laughs> like fucking Bobby Eaton's Eddie. Like, yeah, yeah. But yeah, and I just think that there's something, but again, it fits. Each match has its own little self-contained little story thing now. And it's so easy. To, and you get the feeling like each wrestler is looking at ways that they can put their own little spin on it. How can I make this type of wrestling match fit me? And how can I make it interesting and different and unique? And how would I, as my character, wrestle this match psychologically? Like, how would I do it? And then figuring out how I do it in relation to the guy I'm wrestling. Like, that's cool. And mm. so it's a fresh coat of paint for it. I, we said it. It's going to be a fresh coat of paint for everyone. I remember when the tournament was announced and people were like, oh, should be younger guys. It should be this. Like, I'm like, you'll be surprised. They're going to be guys that you will see in a brand new light because of the way this thing's set up. And it's, it's, no, it's honestly no more obvious than Tai Chi and Sonata like that when we knew that kind of going in, but yeah, I, and also as well, I thought that this was like, this is the perfect belt for a guy like Hanare to consistently go after. Mm -hmm. Cause I think it fits his style. Like he was, he was great in that match and, you know, evil gave him majority of the offense mm. and it was just like the, you know, he thwarted that much fuckery towards the end, but eventually he got done. Yeah. But it add, I mean, that was as good as any G1 match that Hanare had. And Hanare had a great G1, yep. uh, G1 as far as like match quality for him. But it, it fit, you're right. It probably fits the, the, that style of wrestler. And also it protects that style of, it protects wrestlers. Like if you're a pin eater, you go in the TV title space, it's like that 15-minute time limit. It just, I don't know what it is, but the urgency seems to protect people because, like, Hanaro made a mistake. He ran into hard for a spear. He was just going yeah. too fast. He was going too hard, and he went straight in the turnbuckle. Like, Yeah. Yeah, the exposed turnbuckle forgot about it. was set up before, yeah. but it was like he was too eager because that looming clock was over his head. And it's just, it's simple, but it protects yeah. him. And, he like, he's a guy that, you know... Like he eats enough pins for the, he's, he's there for his role, but they're like going to protect him in that finish. And, um, and evil getting through is, and one Dave, now it's evil versus Yoshihashi in a clap, in a, in a cheering crowd context, which yeah, will right. be very compelling because yeah. little battle Yoshihashi is going against fucking evil. That is interesting. I, uh, I just think that that's the structure of that mm -hmm. helps guys 
that are on that sort of mid-lower card level, it gives them something to strive for, to constantly go after. Yeah, so it's not even a style thing, more more like it's like the low carder belt. Well, I, I don't know if it has to be. I don't know if it has to be the low carder belt. It can. I think it's just what it presents creates the guys that are going for it as they're like they're kind of like a different threat now. Yeah. So it's like because a, they're going to wrestle a different style. So it's it's like the re. It can be it can be a it can kind of be like almost like a rehabilitation belt in a lot of respects too, because it can be a space where you can maybe this isn't working or you're you're sort of not you're positioned a certain way, but you go in there and you can be a new person. You can be your some because the the construction of the thing. And guys can actively chase down a division that has a specific identity now. Mm. So that can be part of their story. Arc. Which is not that dissimilar, Dave, to joining a tag team, for instance. No, no, exactly. Like, I'm going to go after this so division like, now. Panare can be like, I want that TV title. And, um, you know, I, I bombed out of the tournament in the first round. So I know it's going to take me. But I'm that is my focus now. I'm just going after. And so... All, t- all challenges to on my way to that title, you know, like yeah. you can make a story out of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, he's like, I feel like I've got what it takes in that space. Yeah. My style lends itself to this. I, I feel like I've got the knockout kick that can really let like that he can equalize this, you know? Yeah. And yeah, that that's, I agree. And that's compelling. It's like, and I'm interested to see what new Japan view as the style that is the strongest for the 15 minutes, you know, like, which style are we going to see? Because um, we've, we've seen such diversity already. Yeah. But that's what's kind of interesting is it's been, nice. they've, yeah. they've been so different. Like there isn't, it's like, it's a formulaic like construction, match construction and structure. But you can't say that there has been any two matches that have been really same. the same. I mean, there's, Maybe Kenta, Goto, and uh, it, there was elements of Hanare and Evil in, in both. Yeah, of those. yeah, they felt like other matches, but um, I just putting it on a clock. But isn't it interesting, Dave? Because we got to see. I, I would say one of both of our favorite matches of the G one was Goto Kenta, right? We yeah. both really enjoyed that match. And then you see him on the clock. <laughs> Kenta gets oh, in the head again. Yeah. <laughs> But they was it in, was it an intentional botch when they did the GTS that Goto can't take? <laughs> because good God, he got in the second time again. It was like... I think that's just the thing now. <laughs> he's not going to get even the first one, and he's like, "You fuck this up again. I'm going to punt your head to the next." Good row. God, Goto, you fucking can't. You've screwed me up this time again. <laughs> How was the cut and the blood and I mean... off that chair? Yeah. Got Kenta. I love that Kenta's character now is I'm gonna fuck myself up. Like, here's the thing that's very interesting in that match, for instance, there's a spot where I expect the Goto comeback moment, and Kenta ducks and hits him in the head with the thing and just wins the match like, just bang, 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 bang. That's the end. And it was like that felt, I was like, oh, the pacing felt not off, it just was, it was different. That yeah. wasn't what normally happens there. And it was lightning quick. And he's, I mean, good God, did he not lay them in? 
but it was beautiful. Like only Kenta can do that. He ducked the he ducked a clothesline and palm strike into the face. Yeah. Uh, beautiful. And then slapped him 17 times and then put it up on his shoulders, dropped him <laughs> head first, headbutt or something by accident. And then the go to, oh man, I just love him. I love <laughs> Kenta when he's fucked it up and he's so upset about even, it. Even the, uh, the Cobb Yoshihashi match, like at the end, there, you're right. Like they, they talked about it in the commentary. It's like he, he, they said he put himself in the position for the tour of the islands so that he could swing into that roll up. Mm because he'd have the momentum or whatever. And it was calling back the tag match that had just only a you know, a few nights ago where that exact setup was what beat Yoshihashi. So it's like, I knew you were going to do this and I yeah. can't get you. But he even got it with like the karma roll-up. Like he did it like, yeah, yeah. it was like he was, yeah, so yeah. you think I'm going for karma, but I'm going to get you with a roll-up. Because, yeah. and it's like, that's psychology that is specific to that match type. It's like, I'm going to get you in a roll-up. You're not going to see this coming. You're not going to expect this. Like a Yoshi, like I'm, as soon as I see Yoshiashi in this form, I'm like hell, he suits this format perfectly because you add the yeah. extra element of a clock on top of the poor bastard where everything's going wrong for him, like Beaker. Like a, it's like, <laughs> ah, ah. it's like, what am I doing? Yeah. And everything he does turns into fucking shit. And then you put a time clock on that man. And, but it's compelling because now he's got another obstacle that he has to overcome. You know, got to keep getting back up. And I, I like it. I, I think that's cool. And I've, and I've like the matches I were looking forward to, like I was definitely, like I said, I'm looking forward to Ren versus Ishii. That's my first round matchup, but I was beautifully surprised. And I, I was saying on Twitter, Dave, and I'll, and I'll, I'll stand by it. 15 minutes or less Sonata is so my shit. It's not. Yeah, yeah. He's, it is. It is. Remember how we have said, we have said for how long, Dave, we've said for fucking ever. Oh, and, and this year's G1, I said, oh, maybe it's done. This is this is his division. This needs yeah. to, he needs to do this because Dude, and was... these two, these two have insane oh. chemistry. I was like thinking, like, put the belt on Sonata and then have Tai Chi challenge him at Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, just just have <laughs> these guys. Yeah, it gets, it gets, yeah. Have, no, you know mate, I mean. 2023 is the year of Tai Chi versus Sonata for the TV belt, the Casio belt yeah. on the man who loves his watches, and just just put them. That match, honestly, honestly, um, that match is like it's on my short list of best matches I've seen for New Japan this year. That was so good. The crowd was so hyped. Kawada was there. It was like I was like, what's going? It's like it's Sonata's like hometown. We've got all this random shit happening. We start off with fucking push up. We're like, what are we doing? Like, where are pops and push ups? Peck pops and push ups. I'm like, okay, we're gonna do this thing, but it's like a test of ego and will. And then they just sprint. It it always happened like what we expected it to happen. Like they're yeah. like, well, we've got 15 minutes. Well, let's let's spend the first five doing this fuckery, but let's build and build and go and go. And they've been dancing around each other. And the booking of that match, there was only three seconds left in the match. Yeah. Crazy. Like insane that they went that close. They they flew that close to the wind. <laughs> Like they got that close to a coin toss, which would have been the most Tai Chi thing ever. But like, and the speed at which Sonata worked was the part where I was like, oh, granted, like. And, and you know what it does like too is like they're working so fast that you can forgive when times things look a little sloppy. Yeah. Like a pin doesn't look perfect 
or you know like you know, some of those, yeah like some of those sonata you know roll back fucking you know zach does the same one too they yeah. bend themselves in halves and they land on their head and pin and stuff that yeah and then and then when uh tai chi landed the power bomb he sort of like super sexy pinned him <laughs> <laughs> almost entered he him <laughs> he, had so much, he did he had so much forward momentum that he literally mounted him <laughs> like entered him for a moment <laughs> yeah. um, they were together as one in that moment <laughs> that's why they had the fist bump at the end. Like, yeah, <laughs> they, they, they shared a moment i felt i felt you deeply um <laughs> <laughs> i i like that aspect of it i can forgive i can forgive that shit and i think it adds to it when it when it almost like it wasn't botchy but it, it had like a botchy feel about it because the pressure's on, right? It so, was desperate. Mm. Yeah, it's desperate. So it's not as smooth. And I'm like, I'm like, that feels real. Like the finishing real. sequence felt like a shoot. It felt like yeah. who's getting on top here and winning this match because we've got 10 seconds and we've done three pin counters in 10 seconds. <laughs> like at this point, get someone, someone pin someone. And the, somehow they were like bouncing in out of it. It was like, Exactly, because they don't have the time for the elaborate sequence. And it's just like, yeah. it has to be, but they're like, we're not going to stop. Not everything is going to be finesse because you don't have the time to finesse it. And I, I yeah. like that aspect of it. And that yeah. we saw that with Godot and Kenta. We don't have the time to yeah. finesse this finish, so let's fucking get to it. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I got you up once and it didn't work, <laughs> and I'm getting you up again like the G1, <laughs> and your head's going for a ride again, <laughs> It's like you will learn the hard way, son. At some point, Kodo, <laughs> you're gonna learn. Take it yeah. the first time. Uh, but like, and that urgency is is something that the 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 structure of the match brings. Like, I cannot wait for Ren Narita and Ishii. A mm. goal that is that's gonna be something else. It's just gonna be something else because the urgency is gonna be at a fucking million, and the selling it's gonna be tremendous. And it's like, and now I can look forward to these different types of wrestlers, like getting a C, like Great Khan could be really good in this format. He could, it could mm. really suit him, you know? And and I know when people are like, oh, these not enough young wrestlers, you forget that Great Khan is still like less than two yeah. years back from his excursion. Like, yeah. he's, still a, he's still young. Um, I mean, I don't even mind the idea of seeing a guy in there who that format just sucks. They might be an upper mid carter, but when they try to go for that TV belt, they just suck in that format. Like, yeah. I like and that as a story. Someone's getting that gimmick. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> someone's getting that. It's just like because you need you need that to unlike and for instance, I know he's probably not going to go in it, but like it may happen in the future. But like I know someone like a Tama Tonga will be really good in a fifteen minute contest. Like his style of counter wrestler, where it can get you at any time. Yeah. That's a cool. It's a cool thing to have in those. So it feels like the perfect cycle down role because the cycle down that doesn't feel like a demotion. It's just a. It's a shift to the left. We're going to this side now. In the same way that, as I said, a tag is used to be that role. Like I'm yeah, not in the I'm scene. Different for a while, not getting dropped yeah. down. Yeah. yeah, I like I can go in my tag here for a bit and I'll still be featured and I'll still have a story. Like like techers do all the time and we'll see yeah. it again. Like techers will just go over there and they'll be they'll be featured. Um so I was I was really excited by the prospect beforehand and I feel like we are just we are eating well, Dave. We have we look yeah. we look like fucking genius. Like we were pro this from the get-go, Dave. It's on record. 
from Twitter, from the podcast. Uh, this is going to be this is going to be one of the most must watch things in New Japan moving forward. It just will be. So I'm assuming that the Twitter is turned on it somewhat, given the first few nights. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of course. Um, <laughs> no, people are still like. It's pretty cool. Or... No, people are still like, mm, I'm not sold on this thing, and that's okay. Um, but I think the the Sonata Tai Chi match um, certainly has generated buzz. Um, yeah. Not just for that, and it's also it's probably a good time to go into a question we have here, Dave, um, from Doctor Jonathan. Jonathan is is we've got another doctor. The other doctor is back. So yeah, Doctor Jonathan asks. And this is tangentially related, Dave, to the uh, to the TV title tournament, but it also generated a lot of buzz. Um, and it was in the interaction after. It relates to the interaction after where I don't know if you saw it. If you I know you're watching the Japanese commentary, but if you saw the translation of it, Dave. When uh, we know that uh, Kawada was at the commentary desk for the for the show, yeah, I saw I saw uh, Tai Chi go to him. I have had, a conversation. Did, I did struggle recognizing Kawada. He looks a bit different, <laughs> right? Yeah, he looks a bit different. But yeah, I didn't see a translation. I just okay. So I'll, I'll give you the translation after I give Dr. Jonathan's question here from Dr. Jonathan at Jonathan Foy on Twitter. He asks, "Where is the Kawada Tai Chi segment heading?" Uh, in brackets, if anywhere. Now, here's what I this we're still waiting for Shibata, Kenta, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like sometimes New Japan will throw things out that are going nowhere, and yeah. that's that can happen. Um, but what happened was was Taichi Dave said to Kawada, "You never officially retired," and challenged him. <laughs> I thought that might have been what was happening. <laughs> yes. And challenged him to fight him one-on-one. Yeah. Which I fucking love. I don't know where this is heading, but it should be heading to the dome because <laughs> I just want to see Tai Chi kick the shit out of him. <laughs> like to, to get all of the pent-up frustration of years of abuse and just unload on this old man with a shell of himself he actually said i'm giving you time you have months get in shape that's what that's what tai chi told kawada get yourself in shape i'm going to retire you i like this because i mean we've talked about that whole mentor apprentice yep thing before that trope um we talked about it with um sonata and muda and how interesting that could be something at um wrestle kingdom mm. And, uh, you know, if Sonata wins that belt, that could be an interesting thing. Maybe Muto comes out. Yeah, I don't know. want to belt anywhere near Muto because... <laughs> no, 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 no. But you know what I mean? Like, that man of politics is way to be the TV champ and have to retire it. <laughs> Change the identity. <laughs> um, it's his literal golden watch for his retirement. <laughs> yeah, I like I like these moments and I like that because it gives tai chi something once it happens if it happens to propel from where his character will no longer ever be what it was yep right so like the next act in the type the story of tai chi then changes uh it starts because this this pivotal moment in his timeline will have come and will have happened and he will inevitably Never be what he, yeah, transform into whatever he becomes. Literally defeating his past. Yeah. And I like that for him because 
you know, I, I, uh, I would like to see a Tai Chi run, maybe not with the belt, but I would like to see a Tai Chi main event run. Don't you feel like that's the type of, I know it sounds absolutely bananas, batshit insane to say, but don't you think that that type of featured match, however, whatever that is, feels like it's the type of thing that propels you to the main event? Like, I mean, yeah. Because it's like the situation where one, like just like what like like Kawada in New Japan like what what yeah what is I, well like I was like why is he fucking on commentary <laughs> and I know that's my thought why is Kawada in New Japan well yeah. it's like an all Japan main event it was like they decided that we talked about it, like that was what's cool like yeah, we've yeah. been talking about Sonata and Tai Chi for months I mean this months. is this is the year I mean this is the whole thing about the fiftieth year and I think that that could be the most pivotal thing about it is it's like the year that New Japan became friends with everyone. <laughs> yeah. you know, like we will forget the past and we we extend the olive branch to absolutely everybody. Yeah. Uh, and we'll, in fact, we will feature uh, stories within your companies on our show. And I mean, this is a main event on one of their tours mm. and they've got two All Japan guys there and Kawada. <laughs> but it almost I mean, feels uh, like they're the most popular. They're like the friend, but they're like the friend that does all the organizing. Like they're the friend. But like, don't forget, I'm the I'm the center of the wheel of the friend wheel. Like, I'm the you're all the spokes. I'm the like fucking hubcap. You know, like they want to make it clear that we're friends, but I'm the main friend. But yeah. the uh, yeah, isn't it? You're right. Like the 50th year feels like kumbaya year. Like they yeah. even reconciled with Anoki. You know, like this. Yeah, things can happen. In they're going to give him a position, like fucking. Well, I they know, have. Like, emperor of the rest of the universe life, they, what i i i, I thought they call it lifetime chairman and i was like is it his lifetime or is it new japan's and i believe it's new japan's lifetime so it's a bit confusing because they've got a new shirt out that says lifetime chairman i'm, I'm like, like I'm, I'm hoping that shares in the company didn't come with that <laughs> yes we don't want his kid getting the fucking shares again but the like uh that you're right though it's like that year of um realizing their place in the 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 sort of the the ecosphere of pro wrestling and realizing that they're, Dude, they're uh, secure you know if it's ever going to happen and i don't want it to but if it's ever going to happen does this not feel like the year that they would maybe do a hey like WWE, let's do a shake hand deal on something. Nakamura. Yep. I'm putting yeah. money down. Yep. I, I've I've been thinking this weird thing with the what's they're saying because the rumor was, and I know it's a fucking. I mean, they even was, dropped a fucking Fed comment in the commentary. They were saying something. I don't think it's a working relationship. I don't think we have to worry about that. But I do feel yeah. like there might be like if if of all years, Nakamura at Wrestle Kingdom. Of we 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 want, to, I mean it's the Anoki celebration show, like the last true handpicked Anoki guy, is Shinsuke Nakamura. You know, like the true boom rookie superstar shoot fight MMA whatever. To have him be able to be featured in some respects, that's that's that would be a huge boom for just from the standpoint of yeah and I, I feel like this carl anderson thing i don't when I mean, the, the talk was that carl anderson was going to wrestle at wrestle king so i was like what yeah 
that was the rumor like oh is he still they're still connected to do their dates i'm like i, I it doesn't look like it's going to happen now but it just was like that seems very weird and of all years I, again i don't think there's a working relationship because it's not going to last more than 10 seconds like there's no way that would ever work but on the provide like new japan's open to it i think they are open to having like it was just so like it was it was just surreal. Like when Kawada started walking out, I'm like, like, what, what, what? <laughs> like, I'm like, I, I, I get it. Like, 100, percent I get it. But I was just like, this is, this is, this is a choice. Like, and then it's like, and it led to this interesting, and and then the fist bump. I'm like, well, what about this for crazy? I don't want a fantasy book or anything, but what about for just craziness? If it, what if Tai Chi and Sonata, Tai Chi and Sonata versus Kawada and Mudo? <laughs> yeah, I'd be down for that. Just like we're gonna, we're gonna team up, to, we're gonna team up against these old boys. We're gonna beat the shit out of our mentors. It's gonna be like this great story. Yeah. <laughs> you were gonna <laughs> say uh, something about Sonata and Tai Chi together. I'm all for that pairing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in that, any capacity. Yeah. yeah, no, that feels. Doesn't it feel like? Doesn't it feel like Dave? Just, I mean, <laughs> Lij gets a new member. It's like. Those boys need to be together. Those boys yeah. need to be together. There's, they just have it. Like the, the fucking chemistry is off the fucking charts. And like, and Tai Chi, I mean, he, he, he'll get something out of Sonata. He did. He got something out of him. That was a great match. <laughs> got something in him too. Oh, yeah. Like it was amazing. I mean, imagine, I mean, <laughs> it would solidify New Japan in a lot of ways too, because it'd be like, yeah, he's, your guys that are now our guys beating down your old guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and one of them at one point was one of our guys. But we can get now. Noah and All Japan in the mud in one match. Let's do it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like uh there's but it but it fits guys, those characters. But our guys are better. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But it's proof though, it's the key for it though is it's about the characters, like the pent up resentment that that they have. They both share that experience of the that the their their idol, their mentor, their their uh, their trainer. There wasn't exactly in it for them, <laughs> you know. Like it wasn't it wasn't a giving relationship. It was they they were hurt by it, and and both of them sought out groups that would accept them for who they are, and so they're these two misfits from you know, troubled parental relationships who connect on that, on that thing. Like the best thing was, was like, Tai Chi's like, get the fuck up. <laughs> like, it's like, he's talking to Kawhi, like stand the fuck up. It's like, yeah, this is father son here. And we're watching something awkward and like a bit like, Oh, I don't know if I should be seeing this. And it's like, look at Tai Chi. He's not afraid of you anymore. Like, I'm not scared of you old man. And it's yeah, like yeah. that's profound for Tai Chi. <laughs> Get in shape, you frail old bastard. <laughs> yes. I'm giving you fucking warning. I could kick the shit out of you right now, but I'm giving you months to get yourself in shape. So when I beat the piss out of you, I'll feel I won't feel as guilty. Because like, I ain't gonna feel any guilt. Nope. I don't want a single bit of guilt for what I'm about to do to you. I'm gonna strip you naked in the fucking dome. That's what I'm gonna do. It's like because <laughs> it's like, but all of those that's that is we said it's transformative for tai chi and it i want to see it i i don't know it to me i it screams shibata kenta like 
this is never going to happen, but it was a great moment. But, and because, and, and what was great was that Kawada seemed like he was genuinely like put on, like, and then apparently his comment was like, he wasn't expecting that. But his comment was like, well, you know, I didn't officially retire, but I don't know if I want to be one of these guys that keeps coming out. But it's like, it was like, I just put it like, you're telling me there's a chance. You you didn't say no. (laughs) It's like, I mean, if you're Kawada, like, you know, legacy. Why you got to be more? You got to be like, surely I'm not as bad as Ric Flair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got to think, but he's not like Kawada's not that old. Like, it's not, it's not. I mean, it's old, but it's not impossible. And he's and to be fair, he's one of the greatest wrestlers that's ever lived. So that does yeah, that yeah. probably that does help. But the idea of time, I mean, can you just in your head, like the imagery of that? of Tai Chi being the full version of himself to Kawada and kicking him, kicking the shit out of him. Just tell me that's not going to draw the amazing emotion and it's not going to lead to people feeling this catharsis. Like, and that's the type of thing that will get Tai Chi, as we said. Tai Chi and then, yeah, and then loving him more as a result. Yeah. Tai Chi's failures, Tai Chi's like, they've, they were the most visible, like this poor bastard, he, I mean, he literally, I mean, it's, I actually don't think it's a, I actually don't think it's a far cry to say the man was borderline abused by that guy in terms of the presentation, the way they presented that character. Yeah. And, but it was like, you are my trainee. You should be thankful for this. And Tai Chi being like, I don't think this is good at all. And as a result, you look at how the beauty and the way that he, I think it's going to be Tai Chi Gun. Like he's inheriting that stable. Mm. And, the way that when when Despi lost and uh, at the Super Junior um, the finals right when he uh, when he lost and Taichi's like hugging him and like like and encouraging him show, like he's not afraid to show genuine affection for his boys he's not afraid to sh- say he loves Zach he's not afraid to do these yeah, things because he it. understands what it's, it's like not to have it yeah and he doesn't want to be Kawhi. he doesn't want to be the big mean brute he doesn't want to be Suzuki. No, he doesn't want to be that. He, but he understands what Suzuki's the island of misfit toys. He understands that he can. But his generation, when he brings in Despy and 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 Doki, you know, his boy Doki, like all love, it's all love. I'm beating you up because I love you, and (laughs) at the end of the time, I'm going to tell you how much I love you. And that is again, tell me where that archetype exists. Like, yeah, yeah. And, exactly. and that's the point like he's but that he's so relatable because if you like and I, I would love to hear from people like if people are in those situations like he has to be an empathetic character because people look at him and go like this guy's had to deal with some shit mm. and he's been kicked down and he's been embarrassed constantly and he took that and his initial translation of that was well i'm gonna make a mockery of pro wrestling that was like yeah. his thing i'm gonna fucking rebel against the thing and i'm just not gonna give you a fuck. Yeah. the thing that brought me pain I'm going to bring pain upon everyone for enjoying this thing. <laughs> like I'm going yeah. to fucking ruin a tournament. How about that? And I'm going to do, I'm going to make a mockery of this thing. I'm going to make a mockery of the serious thing that the, the serious Kawada and his serious program. I'm going to make a fucking mockery of it all. I'm going to be the most yeah. theatrical thing you've ever seen. And over time he realizes, okay, I've got a lot of Kawada isms. Like I have a, like, I can't deny that I'll kick the shit out of you. But 
and like they even did spots. He did Kawada spots in that match. They were doing Kawada spots in front of Kawada. They did the bit mm. where he gets hit and falls out. The the it's like you cheeky bastards. Like you fucking. That's just peak. Like I don't know whether Kawada liked that or found that disrespectful. And I don't freaking I don't care. I think it's great. Like I, I just <laughs> like the and and that story's there. So you can now see, as you said, Dave, if he gets to fight Kawada, they tell that story. And everyone gets to get a crash course in Tai Chi and everyone gets to, he will be the most sympathetic baby face on the fucking planet. And when in the history of the, when in the history of the world has a young fit guy beating up a geriatric man, yeah, sympathetic baby face. He goes in, it's basically Jericho versus fucking uh, Ricky Steamboat. Only this time Jericho's the face. It just makes no sense, but but it makes the perfect sense because it's not about traditional archetype. It's about that character. He's a singular yeah. character, and it's about what makes sense to that character, and that's what makes sense to that character in that world. So, yes, uh, Dr. Jonathan, I hope to God we are heading towards Kawada Taichi at the Dome because it's the, it's the most freakdom match possible. Like, good God, like the freaks will be out for that one. And it'll yeah. also bring a gen- it's a generational match. And maybe in the 50th years. And we can go double whammy and do Sonata and Muda on yep. the same night. Or what's wrong, with, tag team. what's wrong with generational what? matches? On the 50th yeah. thing, in the celebration of Anoki, let's let's for our 50th year, let's put on some generational matches because at the main event level, we know we've got Jay and Okada, which is in a lot of respects a fight for this generation. So yeah. let's let's Build some of that shit. I've got no doubt that there's there's potential to do it. Like everyone, find your find your fucking mentor and bring them out, and let's start fucking Keep beating them up. <laughs> let's just do that. Everyone, bring your mentor. <laughs> it's like find them, bring them out, and let's beat them up. And that's what I'm here for. Dad, fucking wrestle dad them. That's what I want. I want all of them out, and let's fucking go. Because like we might even get like. Despy just go after Suzuki. That's what I want to just start. Like I've I've fucking was yeah. been stretching me for fifteen years, and the like. I just think that there's yeah, pent up rage of the ch- the children rebelling against the fathers, and of course, obviously the main event being Shingo versus ELP. But I think that the like that uh, also a key point, Dave. They're wrestling at New York, right? They're wrestling at New York. Shingo versus ELP at that New York show. Yeah, it's cool. either going to be a street fight or a last daddy standing. And- <laughs> unbelievably dave unbelievably currently it's up for a vote the street fight is winning and what yeah i cannot believe that people are not signing up for the daddy trilogy i'm saying this is god daddy too like this is going to be the like the daddy trilogy has to happen it has to happen and they're going to deny us the daddy trilogy because i think we go yeah we did let's be fair though godfather part three probably shouldn't have ever been made no and but i want (laughs) Can can you can you imagine overindulgent uh consigliere version of ELP? <laughs> like that's yeah, that's oh, what look, I want. anytime like I'm I'm all for uh the daddy match being made a regular staple. Yeah. And yeah. and let's and make all the generational matches at the dome daddy matches. Daddy matches. <laughs> I want I want wrestle daddom. I want I just want to have yeah, daddy, daddy dome, baby. I just want to be at the dome. All the all the dads getting the shit kicked out of by their sons. Let's go. 
let's fucking sign up for it. New Japan's on a run, I think, at the moment of good shows. I think their shows have been good. I think um, they got positive buzz. Um, people got to finally see the FTR versus uh, Aussie Open match, and yes, it. I watched it. It, it was. It lived up to the hype. I think. Um, crowd was great. Thanks to the, the Brits, they were singing along. Um, Aussie Open, I hope, uh, staples of New Japan for a long time to come. I think they're. I think the mantle of best tag team in the world is is theirs to to hold moving forward. I, I think mm. if they're the next team up. Um, because they're a good old fashioned tag team, Dave. They actually are a tag team, and they use yeah. tag team psychology. And I think Kyle Fletcher is obviously. Um, I think he could be very. I think he has massive potential. Um, he's very young. He's getting bigger and stronger, and you know. But I feel like they can be a tag team for for a fair while because it's still you know they're still formative. NFTR is FTR, so they're they're very good. So, um, and I watched Shooter versus Osprey, and I enjoyed Shooter. I think he's looking great. His fitness, he's back. He's got you know whatever happened. He, I know he got taken away from Rev Pro for a bit and went back to Triumph Nagata, and they weren't too happy about COVID body Shooter, but he's come back in great shape i like the little story they told dave in this match they had osprey uh shooter got a lot in shooter would looked a lot better they'll tell the story that he's improved since the time he wrestled jay but he got beaten up and osprey was doing the elbow to the back of the head and red shoes who was refereeing the match jumped in and protected his son interesting Mm. yeah early and they were making a keynote to say oh i don't think he would have done that elsewhere because we all know that the story was what was that sonata was copping elbows from um from osprey and that red shoes didn't stop it and sonata had a broken orbital so that was like the story like red shoes was too slow and osprey beat the shit through him and this time he learned and was protect my son um so it was ended by ref stoppage so we have ourselves a little narrative and i just keep thinking it's not to go on too much tangent, but I keep thinking we know that Red Shoes and Jay have an issue, right? They, yeah. They, Jay always says Red Shoes is against him, and then you have Shooter who Red Shoes is protecting. It's clearly established. It's just built for some some interaction where someone gets screwed because Red Shoes does something accidentally, not unintentionally, but it looks like he's looked after his son. Yeah. And then could... shoot beats up his daddy. <laughs> yes. Wrestle Kingdom? Is that what we're going <laughs> to do? Maybe we book at Red Shoes versus Shooter. Shooter's match back is to beat up. Um, and I learned, Dave, speaking of things, I learned, I learned on that Royal Quest show, Chris Charlton taught me. I'm so happy. The man is great at his job. He taught me why it's Shota Umino and it's Red Shoes Uno. Because when Red Shoes was in all Japan, Giant Barber mispronounced his name. All right. he, he said Uno instead of Umino, and red, it stuck. So Red Shoes' yeah. his actual last name is Umino, but they got it wrong, and it's, it's stuck. Nickname, basically. It's a nickname. Yeah, it's a nickname. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm so pretty sure his first name isn't Red Shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, don't oh, ruin kayfabe here, Dave. What are you yeah. talking about? This is the type of highbrow pro wrestling storytelling that we get in New Japan. Red Shoes is real name is Red Shoes. Um, yeah, so anyway, it was a great, it's been a great week of pro wrestling for New Japan. And as I said, that's why you can talk about the matches, but I just think it's 
this week of all weeks with the chaos that's going on, the randomness that's happening, the Kawada Taichi segment, the weirdness of Carl Anderson on WWE going to Saudi Arabia, like whatever the fuck's happening, all this can happen. All this can be, this chaos can be around. But ultimately, because the, the company doesn't ever try to present itself as something too contrived, you can sort of you can sort of ride the choppy waters, I think. No, as I was saying, yeah, it's been an interesting week on Twitter for me. Yeah, what's happening? Well, it's it's actually good, Dave, because uh, we've over the last uh, I'd say couple of weeks we've gotten more engagement on Twitter in terms of like we're we're getting more followers, obviously, but persons out there that aren't following on Twitter at WeWorkStiff. <clears throat> um, but uh, it's like more and more like there's like traction and people actually engaging in discussion and stuff, which is good. Um, but there's a couple of things, like a couple of discussions that have been brought up. And I'm like, oh, I'll just like throw in an idea here. Because a lot of people are talking about character and stuff. So it's really interesting, especially in AEW. It's a lot of a discussion. I've had ideas floating around in my head for, you know, for weeks, really, weeks and weeks since since we went really off and obscure that one week. Um then I was going to talk about that night. Week. <laughs> okay, yeah. We go off and obscure every week. But when we went really obscure that one week and I was, you know, talking about old Hollywood, new Hollywood, all that sort of the auteur theory came in. We started talking about Gordon Ryan. It, that that day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I had an idea for what I was going to talk about and then I sort of shifted. And I've like returned to that idea over and over in my head. Um, and I'm kind of interested to explore that. And it's kind of funny because it's provoked purely because of Twitter in a lot of respects, arguments, eh, no, just, you know, spirited discussions regarding characters and two kind of tweets that have been coming out in regards to um, AEW. And it's a bit off the back of last week. I'm not, I'm just interested in the discourse in terms of how people are framing um, what AEW is doing, particularly with the Hangman character. Um, off the back of his, you know, really solid promo last week and uh, sort of people viewing him as like this representative generational character that he's like the first of his kind, you know, they're talking about like, oh, he speaks for us as a, our generation, that sort of thing. So someone wrote this about this character and I sort of said, oh, he's he's in, created a new mold that like Hangman's unlike any character that ever existed before, you know, like he's he's honest, he's open, he's, ang he's anxious, he fails, he like, and it was like explaining this stuff and I he said, he's a new mold and I was like, I just tweeted out a thing. I present to you the original mold and I tweeted out Tetsuya Naito. Yeah. And because it's this idea of the face that is failing upwards, you know, mm. what I'm saying is I respect what Hangman has done. I respect his interpretation of this character. I think the anxious millennial cowboy is his thing. It's, it's, and it is unique, but it is not totally divergent from an archetype. I'm saying it's like informed by the same idea that you don't have to be the, the white meat baby face in the truest sense. You can be the guy that constantly fails and you're defined, Hangman's defined by his failures more than his successes. And that's kind of the way that he generates engagement relationship and, and connection with the audience. And then he, could he keeps being there? I keep turning up that kind of idea. Anyway, I sort of brought that up and people sort of responded to it. I had people sort of say, Oh, you know, it's not a parallel. It's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying that both characters are the same character. I'm saying that the, the general argument was like, it's an archetype that's never existed and it's like yeah. well i think i think that that has existed before that someone has done that in a way before and it was off the back of maybe five days ago as well there was another tweet about how 
AEW is revolutionizing how characters are conveyed. But I'll, I'll read the thing to you, Dave. Just I want to get your take on it. And I won't name the person because I think it's not, it's a fine, it's, a, it's okay, tweet. It's nothing, it's not argumentative and it's just an opinion based on, I think, viewing through the lens of just watching Western. One thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's saying, it feel, this is the tweet, it feels like to me that AEW is almost revolutionizing mainstream character work in wrestling. AEW has a lot of characters I would describe as complex human real-life characters. This is opposed to the larger-than-life character philosophy that dominated the previous decades. Okay, so that's the, that's the basic tweet, that AEW yeah. is revolutionizing mainstream characters because they're human, complex, real-life, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, what I, I said as a tweet to reply was that I'd suggest that the revolutionary revolutionary act at play here is AEW attempting to bring these types of characters into the world of Western TV wrestling and the inherent tropes of the form. Can these type of character presentations survive this in the long term? It's a fascinating study. So the idea being that what I found, this is this is oh, I opened up for a discussion, but what I found just this first part was I watched Mox and Hangman stand in a ring and cut a promo, and it was a great promo from Hangman, right? And these are real-life human characters of all these things, all that sort of stuff. But the trope of Western television, the contrived nature of it, is they have to stand in a ring with microphones in front of an audience and talk to this thing, which is something that real-life human characters wouldn't do right like this, the idea of that is kind of contrived it's the nature it's the nature of western tv promotion time for our promo let's go out and talk real life characters would do it ever in backstage and do it on through through uh news sources they do it through social media they do it through a bunch of various ways like we see it in how a ufc presentation would be a press conference for instance where you have to turn up and do the conversation so the idea is how it's that it's that fine line of the balance to which we can bring real life into pro wrestling and then how contrived or not contrived it can actually be. And I was like, I thought that was really good, but it's like this idea of, Oh, they're revolutionizing pro wrestling by bringing in these characters. New Japan exists. And it's kind of like that argument of like, that's going to build its name on that authentic presentation. We talked about it in the Inoki episode thing like that. I was just kind of, I'm just interested in how people view what AEW is doing as being revolutionary and just this idea of, if you like that, I'd be really fascinated if you see them here. And I wonder if it's going to open up a brand new, like that New Japan might get another sort of benefit that over time people realize because our whole project, this whole project, this what we do each week is about trying to illuminate the character elements. And it feels like finally there's a discussion that's going around that. And it's like, I just hope that they would potentially open themselves up to realize that um, there's a big reason why a lot of these guys, these human real life characters that they perceive as this thing um, are like that is because they've been doing that for a long time. Hangman has been doing this for a long time in another company as well. Mm. In, uh, in neurodivergent Japan pro wrestling. And I don't think he sees it as any different. I think it's the idea is he's coming across and bringing the exact same thing. He just thinks that's still my own. I'm still confused about what, how they're seeing it as revolutionary. Because they've never seen it before. The idea, what the idea of a fallible character. Yeah. But was that not what, you know, like 
wasn't Jake the Snake doing that when he came back and was fucking saying that he was reformed alcoholic and had found Jesus and yeah, but I think it's this idea that it's representing our generation. That's kind of their argument. It's like, oh, he's the first that's not like any other type of character. That's what they're saying. He's not like any other type of character. He's not the plucky underdog. He's not this thing. He's this wholly unique presentation idea. And and I like it's an archetype that they're saying it's not based on any archetype. That's what they're trying to say. He's not a sympathetic baby face in the truest sense based on the tropes that were used before. The actual argument, Dave, you want to hear it, uh, this is a quote. Hangman's character feels like the first fully formed new, gener- new generation character that isn't a tribute to something in the past. It's a new mold that isn't plucky, a plucky baby face, sniveling heel, final boss surrounded by goons. It's none of those tropes. The reason he resonates so strongly with people be- is because his approach to being a baby face isn't to overcome the odds, but often succumbs to them, shuts down, is anxious about his friendships and being abandoned, you know, like all of us. I read that last bit and said, I literally read this. He's being a baby face isn't to overcome the odds, but often succumbs to them, shuts down, is anxious about his friendships and is and being abandoned. And I was like, Yeah, Naito. Uh, you know, like all of us. I'm like, that's Naito. Yeah. That's that is Tetsuya Naito. Like that is his character. And people say, Well, he was a heel when he started. It's like, I'm not arguing the the, the trajectory he took. I'm saying yeah. the presentation that he presents is that. And he connects with the audience because they relate the exact same way they relate to hangman they they see in him the person who fails and keeps getting back up to represent it's not a uncommon character trope in cinema though no exactly but see pro wrestling is wholly different dave so we have to see that yeah what what i'm saying is it like you know they it still follows this like the what is it the fucking seven faces of the hero Mm. um it's all like there's character type archetypes within that framework and they all sort of bits and bobs of each other but mm. that's not an unco- i mean fucking any film with pete davidson just about is that fucking character <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know what i mean like fucking anxious and unsure about his friends and unsure about himself and because it's a generational fuck- i said it's a generational thing yeah but doesn't that what rest isn't that what wrestling has always done? Like that's the argument I'm saying is isn't wrestling's entire construction to reflect the temperature of the current context? Because it's a like yeah. we say, oh, it's abandoned the big over-the-top characters of the past because it's abandoned the we're not in the 80s anymore. We're not in Reagan era. We're not in this era of that is the presentation of what we it's want also, to perceive ourselves to be. It's also by design in well by design on forced by design almost because when AEW started they had to sign a bunch of indie characters that were very different to any presentation that was sort of on big shows at the time you know take fucking orange cassidy yeah example you know like these they had to find talent to fill out the roster and some of these characters were quite different a nod and you know indie riffic in quotation marks or whatever mm. but a different presentation and then you know through over time they've managed to get over so they have a different flavor as a brand because of that compared to the fed yeah but that's um, and i think that's that was the sort of point i was interested in is the revolutionary act for them is going to unite all of these types of character presentations into a singular vision of Western TV pro wrestling that they're trying to present. And that's where it's like, 
can they do it? That's the juggling act is like, can you present real life characters, these type of characters that you perceive as being like a hangman character who people perceive as being genuine and real and authentic in a in what is essentially because of Western TV construction is a bit more contrived than uh, New Japan by comparison, for instance, you know, like where you're not going to cut many promos in a ring opposed to your, the person, right? It's only going to happen at the very end and it's going to be... Yeah, I think if you're main, main eventing or this. Only if you're main eventing and it's a rule because you're trying to send the home, but you're more likely to do it in a press conference where they where you gather like a normal sporting event and you sit there across from one other like boxing or MA and you have a discussion then because that's a that's time to promote the fight, blah, blah, blah. That's less contrived. It's not, it's not designed um, for consumption because it's harder to engage with. It requires you to be seeking it out. It's not something you put on television. So that's what I'm sort of getting at is like the line between the re, like the balancing act of that. And I was just, it's something, and Naito and Hangman were in my head because I've had this idea, Dave, and I'm going to throw it out now. I might as well. We'll see where we go. We'll get to the, we'll get to the Casio belt soon. Don't worry. So about three or four, whenever we did that episode, I was about to come in and talk about the idea. Like when I was watching, um, when I was watching uh, Sorcerer, I was about to talk about fate. I was like my whole thing about Naito and the idea of fate. Yeah. And I sort of went, oh, I don't know. I don't know about that. Anyway, it sort of bugged me for a while. So I was, I've been watching a bunch of stuff recently. I've been doing a, this is very film bro of me, but I've been watching a bunch of poor Thomas Anderson stuff. And I watched Magnolia the other day. It's been a long time. That yeah yeah don't it's 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 fine like it's it's probably his most um i'd say probably his most derided film in terms of it's very long like three hours and ten minutes um but what i was found interesting about it because i had only seen it when i was younger um so I, I was probably i don't know 20 um and revisiting it now i was like oh i'm a very different i i start to relate differently to different characters blah blah, blah. you know like most people do as they move and change and whatever but what I thought was interesting was it's a, so to people that aren't aware of the film, the basic instructions is not a spoiler. Um, there may be spoilers in it. So just prepare. If, you, if you're really keen to watch Magnolia, go watch it now. Uh, it's okay. I'll listen to our podcast later, but it's, it's about all these intersecting stories, right? And the basic construction of it is each people in California that some on a single day and how they're related through basically a TV, a kid's TV show. Um, and all these different stories that are happening sort of simultaneously, kind of that idea, right? Sort of mosaic of stories. Um, and what you think is happening is about what would later become, um, you know, like Oscar winner um, crash, right? Like you think it's going to be all these stories that are intersecting that ultimately lead to a very um, logical conclusion that everyone goes, yep, okay, it's all connected. We're all connected, blah, blah, blah. Like that's the very, crash is the very... Um, palatable version of that whereas you go to magnolia and it's like this idea that ultimately it ultimately ends in a raining of frogs frogs fall from the sky it's raining frogs it's raining frogs right and it's this incredibly <laughs> aberrant out of nowhere thing that you're like what and i was like man that's really fascinating because it's like these characters are all sort of connected but they're only sort of incidentally like they're just connected by the smallest of ways right but then there's sort of crazy aberrant thing comes out of left field and third act you're like i don't know what what does this mean it's this action that you can't expect but that's life that's what life is it's a series of that we're all connected by the nature of our existence and our relationship to all things but things can happen and that can 
change how we engage or whatever. That's that's life, right? And we're all connected, but not in the ways that we necessarily think. What I thought about that was like, that's such a better message than a story where the logical conclusion would be that all somehow they're all really connected and they actually end up saving the thing or this ends up being some um, like transformative experience where somehow we get to an end and we've just, we realize something amazing. We've, we're so connected. That, that's not what it is. Um, it's just about individuals and their relationships and how closely similarly they mirror and these sort of patterns and repeating elements. And there's, that's kind of the idea. And I was like, yeah, that's it. I was like, ah, it, it sort of clicked in my head. I was like, that's, that's what I've been trying to figure out what I've been trying to verbalize for so long for like six weeks. And it fits with this hangman Naito thing. It's like the real world character, right? The real world character. It's like, if it was a real world, it wouldn't need a neat bow. It doesn't always end in a clear, clean, logical, it makes sense and everything's tied up and everybody's, every part's right. But Western television wrestling requires the bow. It requires it to be. Yeah, it requires the final act. Yeah, to make it, to make, and to make sense that this whole story is all the pieces connect and we can all say, yep, that's exactly what a great story. But that's not life, right? That's not, that's not how real life characters would enact, interact, how that the, 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 the resolution would never be as profound. Uh, in that sense, you have to determine the resolution, right? So when I see that, what we talked about last week, it hit me. I was thinking about Dave, because you talk about how New Japan is so clumsy and it fits in perfectly with what's happening with the Carl Anderson stuff right now. In terms of like after today, Carl Anderson is now booked for the Saudi show on the same day that he's meant to be wrestling in New Japan to defend that belt. So I'd say he's going to get stripped of that belt. And it's like, well, that wasn't planned. That's not how to get it. They like they're working on a handshake deal. Probably shouldn't have done that. But what I love about New Japan, it's clumsiness. Is that's life. <laughs> that's like reality. Yeah. That's that's how the world works. And how are you going to resolve this? And it's like you'll find a way. You'll tell a story, and you rely on the characters because your characters are actually real life characters. And because they are, when real life gets in the way, we can respond to it in a way that is that is logical and and doesn't detract from the ultimate goal because the ultimate goal isn't the pretty bow to make all it all make sense it's just to help us understand that character because that's what we're investing in that particular character or whatever it is and so when i see hangman on there i'm like cool he's a real life character but he's operating in a contrived context because that's what western tv pro wrestling has to be it has to be contrived it has to lead to the happy ending that makes sense and everyone's connected and it's, we see it. And that's the difference. That's simply the difference is this idea of like the idea I was talking about, about fate and intersectionality and like, and how things connect. And it doesn't always have to make sense to make sense for that person. If you know what I'm saying, like the whole picture doesn't have to make sense. Naito's whole story. We always talk, Naito can always find his way back. He can always get to the thing because that's Naito. That's who he is as a character. And because the thing isn't as contrived, it doesn't feel like he has to sacrifice as much of the reality of himself to get to that point. And I was just watching, like, I was like, this hangman promo is great. He's punching himself in the head. He's drawing his own blood. Like, holy shit, he's going for it. But at the end of the day, it's two, it's still two men in a, in a middle of a ring talking on microphones and there's the suspension of disbelief. And I a hundred percent that's wrestling. That's convention. 
But that's the challenge for a character like that is wouldn't that make more sense for them to do that in a setting where it's not, um, you know, where they don't have to, why are they not like, why are they just standing there? Like, you know what I mean? Like these are basic conventions of that idea, but it's like, you remember when Naito and um, or like Jericho was in, was in Japan. You remember that mm. early run of Jericho in Japan where it was either Kenny or it was Naito and he does, yeah. he did those crazy press conferences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were wild. Right. And the press had no idea what was going on. He just went mad and started like tackling God. It was, yeah, 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 the table. And then him and Naito, the amazing stuff where he's being restrained as he's yelling at Naito, throwing shit at him. Naito's just taunting him. Like, and these characters are playing out in what is a less contrived event. It's still contrived, but it's less contrived. And it makes sense that they're there and it makes sense that this works. And the logic is playing out because the reality of it is, is, is aligning with the reality of the characters. And that's kind of what I'm getting to. I'm like, it's, it's a sports convention, right? The press conference before yeah. the big match. That's We've seen that for decades and decades, 100 years. I don't know. New Japan's funny in that, like, if anyone does the end to a story that never really ends, New Japan is, like, the best of it, <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah. Like, they, they actually do wrap things up like stories that have been told over a period of time, they do kind of like wrap them up. Mm. Um, they often then evolve and move into whatever's next. Yeah. And then they continue to feed the next thing or inform the next thing. But each step of the way, Dave, in my opinion, each step of the way towards the resolution changes the resolution. And I don't think they book the resolution the same way they they did at the at the end as they would have at the beginning if that makes sense no i think it evolves through through the through the way it moves because because if you do that then you're trying to control reaction crowd reaction you're trying to control aspects in it that within it that are uncontrollable that you you don't you can't determine so if something comes up that's of left field that does that then you, don't, yeah. you can't if it rains frogs yeah if it rains frogs then you can't you can't run with it Mm-mm. because you've you've already written to the end of it i mean like that's like the so the hangman story up to when he won the title they're really lucky that they even got that far into it with the way that they'd written that story because it was yeah. a pretty solid defined story from start to finish and two massive they had the mox issue that came up in it and the baby so they had things happening during it that forced hangman to have to get it there in an unconventional way he had to win a ladder match to be able to get the shot you know so it sort of like had to hot shot him back in to get to the spot because that's how he had to get to where he needed to be right and that's again is the idea of it fits his character but you're right, they were lucky to get to that point. It's an interesting position, Dave, because what I'm getting at is that's the thing that can a real character, because I'm not going to argue that Hangman isn't a real, that his character isn't unique in the way that he is so vulnerable. I think that's a very unique position that he's that he's cultivated for himself. And he's so open about his stuff and he's, and he's sort of built this connection with the audience. And it's, it's great. I'm not saying that he is, he's not like Naito. Like that's not what he is. Naito's transcended to the point of arrogance, you know, like that's, which is great. Naito's got this 
defense mechanism that is uh i believe in my way and i believe that i you you need to prove your worth to me you know like that kind of thing of yeah. deflect deflecting right um but the audience don't believe him like the audience know that he is deflecting they they know who the real naito is because they've seen the evolution of the naito character and i went, i remember when when hangman started and declared i'll be the first champion i was like they're doing the they're doing the naito osaka thing they're just like I'm going to do it. And it's like, no, you're not. We know you're not. You're going to fail. And that's okay. I was like, that's going to build you to be this sort of the the true ace of the company in terms of the fans ace, but not the company's ace. And that's a cool spot to have. Um, it means you'll always be the best in the chase. It doesn't mean the same character. And for people that love Hangman, I'm not saying the same character. But what I'm saying is, is that, their ability to leverage their real life anxiety in regards to their position, their, their role, their, are they good enough? Are they, are they as good as the, you know, Hangman's always comparing himself to Kenny the same way that Naito's always comparing himself to Okada, right? Like they've got this inbuilt chip on their shoulder that they're, they're constantly putting out in front of everyone. Can that character exist to the level of authenticity in a space where they have to be contrived a little bit more contrived? That's all I was saying is like, if you think, because you, I'm saying to people, if you think that that is a revolutionary position of a real life character, can you imagine a space in which he can just be completely free to say exactly what he thinks? Yeah. That's all I'm saying is imagine a space where he can just be completely himself. Because I don't think you can be at eight o'clock on T TBS. You know, whatever. Well, that's why, that's why the presentation of all these guys is that bit different. In that and that's culture. okay. It's my, yeah. I mean, it's that's the environment. And it's, it's, to some extent, Dave, do you think how real they can be? Do you think that's why Tony wants them to be so, and to probably to his detriment, but he wants them to be so real and extend stories in social media and in the like? Do you think he wants to engage the reality because he loves seems to love engaging reality outside of the confines of his television program as a way to try to build the connection to then inform his TV project without having to present the reality on the TV. Cause they don't talk about anything like they're CM Punk and the bucks have been gone or whatever for a month and they have not mentioned them or whatever. I know Dave Melson made a big point of it this week. That's another interesting area. Yeah. I think they're all tools in the presentation of the brand as a whole. So through online stuff, you can, say things and do things that you can't do on tv every other version of of authentic character would say something online and say it on the programming right yeah and that's um, the part that's a disconnect yeah oh for sure that's that's the the fucking downfall of being on week-to-week -week tv and under the rules of advertising and sponsorship deals and all that sort of rubbish yeah. yeah that's why and it's and all i'm trying to say is it's like i figured out that that's the best way for me to be able to say like when someone says you know oh you are you into it it's like i enjoy many of the characters in aw i can watch the matches and that stuff but weekly tv format for me just doesn't hit the same way in terms of how i've now come and grown accustomed to watching my pro wrestling that's all it is it's like I've just grown accustomed to being able to see a pro wrestler say what they think and have that endorsed in a, in the 
TV context, you know, like on the on the brand themselves. Like they can take that to the thing and like even as ridiculous as the daddy storyline that's happening between Shingo and ELP, as as just flat out nuts as that is, it's they're free to be able to do whatever the fuck they want on social media and then have that reflected in the ring. And and I think that there's something to it where it's not, it's not just New Japan. Independent pro wrestling does that as well, right? There's yeah, no, yeah. It's, it's just at New Japan, you get the benefit of high-level production, high-level performance, and that freedom. Yeah. And to me, that's the it's thing. It's product. So different. Uh, yeah. It's a, that's what I like about it. It's, it's like watching, like we've talked about, it's like watching uh, the auteurs in the space where they can be truly themselves rather than under the constraints of the studio. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. And it's like, it's not to diminish what I'm saying, like what I wanted to get across. And it's like, the, like you can't do it on Twitter. It's not to diminish what Hangman is doing, but it's like, I keep feeling like if people are engaging with that and they're saying, this is so great. Look at this character. Look how relatable he is. Look how good this is. It's like awesome. But I really think you should give this a go because if you're connecting so strongly to the reality of the presentation of that character, Hmm. then that is the essence of what they're presenting over here. Give it a go because that is what you're wanting with all restraints taken off. I mean, we talk about this all the time. And I mean, I do it to a degree. It's the blinders of picking your team. Like people pick their thing that they love and they don't like to deviate too much from it. And and that's o- and that's okay to me if what you love is aligned with what you want. But if you're in a situation where I when someone says this is what I like. Yeah, yeah. Oh, look, I have I've got a friend who is exactly this way. He he watches the Fed. And I ask him what he likes about it. And he tells me all the guys he likes about it. And they're all ex New Japan guys or um, whatever. And he's like, oh, I really like these guys and their style and the way they wrestle and their character stuff. And I'm like, did you watch a bit of them in New Japan? Oh, I went back and watched some of them in New Japan. Do you watch New Japan now? Because there's effectively guys there doing similar shit yeah. now, but more raw and edgy and, you know, having the types of matches that I know you would really like. Mm. And it's like, is it, is it, he what is it though? Won't, I don't know. I don't know. It would be like, even if I said to him, like fucking, because he was a huge Bret Hart mark growing up. I'm like, can you imagine what Bret Hart would have been like if he'd done a fucking tour in New Japan? Mm. Like he probably would have cut decent promos <laughs> and all this stuff because he would have had freedom and it would have been yeah. a, he would have just been a fucking. He would have been a full salty prick, and we would have loved well, it. They, they were always his best promos, weren't they? Yeah. When he was being a being a cunt. Yeah. So, uh, you know the old dandy. Promo. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's the best yeah. ever. Just could have done that shit about Yana or something. Yeah. Anyway. yeah. Or was he? What is it? Like what is what do you call psychosis? It's like hypnosis or like. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, and I. Uh, I argue with him till I'm black and blue over text messages. Like, just watch. And he's like, oh, you know, I'd have to go back. I'm like, well, go back to 1972 and watch. It'll take <laughs> fucking 30 years to get to the current date. And then we'll be 30 years ahead of you now. Just start watching now and then retroactively go backwards and 
check shit out of dudes you like. Or or wait for the one of the guys that you like to get across there because it's inevitable that you know like. Do you, did you like Moxley when he was in WWE? Well, watch Moxley's G1 and you'll be fine. You'll connect up to all the different characters. You know, like, like yeah. you, and it's not that it's not that I want, well, yeah, I would like more people to engage and talk about New Japan because I think it's really fun and engaging to talk about. I also think that there's like a, there's a level, of, you know, with, particularly with the Fed because it's long established. Yeah, they're rusted on. So it's hard. Yeah, that's true. But I think the, the rise of an alternative in AEW, I feel like the fandom feels the need to really dig their heels in and Mm. dig deep and Mm. hold on tight just in case. Like, you know, they want to see this shit succeed. They want to see it like ride the fucking roller coaster and see it sort of succeed and do well, which is, fine i get it i'm i'm all for it too i, I there needs to be an alternative 100 the us 100 uh, and it's a good alternative it is but it's a good alternative there's just aspects of it that and i, I don't think it's an aew thing i think it's just a western presentation of wrestling uh, i agree i agree and i think that's what i was getting at david they're fighting against that yeah they're constantly fighting against it and trying to find where they land because the guys they have and the history that those guys have and the styles they want to work versus what it is that TV wrestling is. Even Mox mentioned, even he talked about it. It's like there's a purity to being free where there's no constraint, which is why he loves independence. And it's why like he like, and now Mox is obviously sadly is sort of acknowledged that he's not going to be working. He's not going to be advertised for independence. Now he's just going to turn up when he wants to, which is a cool concept. He'll just show up at a random independent show unannounced. Um, but he's still going to work new Japan because I think that's like his opportunity to sort of go out there and just do what he wants. And it's not to say that AEW is restrictive. It's not that at all. It's like saying you well, get all like the benefits of two jobs, right? You get that job, the, you know, the fucking your money job. And then yeah. you've got your passion project. But, but I feel like that money job is a good job that they're happy to take. Like oh. it's, it's like, this is I mean, a fun that, and rewarding isn't that the ideal life to have the money job that's a good job and yep. then still have space to be able to do the passion project and still make money out of it? And make good life. money out of that too, yeah. <laughs> and like that's yeah, Mox has got the life. Living the dream, man. Yeah. That's what we're all working for. And I noticed that recently um, Chris Bay announced that he'd re-sign with Impact, right? And he'd said that in my deal, I can work New Japan. And it's like, it's I like this. I like this new era of almost like new Japan is going to, and I feel like, and I feel like we're going to see it, Dave. I feel like we're going to get to see it moving forward that new Japan is going to become the cool kids table. Like it's going to become the space where all the guys get to go and express themselves in their truest form. And it's just an extension. It's like where they get to turn themselves up to 11. And, and I think that's exciting that new Japan can provide that platform because it gives them all the feel of a high end top end production and the and the paycheck let's be real in a different context a different cultural context where the presentation is very different and that's something that gives them that diversity it allows them to work and build on things and probably build new tools that they can take back in their toolkit that they can probably try in in aw or impact or wherever but it feels like it's this it feels like it's this super 
rewarding experience. And if New Japan can position themselves as that, as the International Wrestling Grand Prix, where it's the place where people come together um, to fight it out as who's the best in the world, I think that's a good position for New Japan to have. I think that's mm. that's a position where we're getting back to like the 90s in a lot of respects of like, that's what they used to do with WCW. Like the Sting and the Steiners and stuff would just go for tours and that would be cool. And they'd go there and get to be the full the full Steiners. And then the mm. you know the month when they come back to, to WF or whatever after that tour that they're stiff as shit because they've got to sort of work their way back into <laughs> back into American style pro wrestling. The poor, the poor Beverly brothers or whatever they had to wrestle them straight <laughs> as they got back, knock their mullets into next week. I like I can see that as being the movement forward. I really think that's where it can be and i'm i'm excited by that possibility i think that as long as new japan focuses more heavily on its you know building its own stars and keeping that work going and and to some extent they've got to be careful because of the carl anderson thing is going to i hope that that doesn't hurt them in terms of their trust of sort of other guys you know that they won't yeah. um and it might it might lead to more work with guys from AEW because they know they're not going to like <laughs> they're not going to leave them midway through any potential you know story. Yeah. Um, my perfect version of this, Dave, because we know we've got forbidden doors and things like that. My perfect version of this though is someone like a hangman being able to go over there, extend on his character because that's who he is. It's not a different; it's just an extension. Be the truest form of himself, and then find new and exciting ways to bring that back to. Western TV and over time transform the, the the form as presented in Western TV over time. Like people start yeah. saying, we like this presentation over whatever else, you know, rather than conforming more and more to WWE style presentation. I oh, dude, I think I think you're getting that anyway. Like you can see guys on that roster at AEW that like Japan's Japanese style wrestling so much that it comes out in their style. Like look at Eddie King Kingston mm -hmm. and that match he had with Ishii. Like, I mean, he just wanted to fucking chop the fuck out of someone just because he could and he loves that style. Yeah. And, and they probably overdid it a bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's no they did that. It's fine. It's but fine. Actually did you watch um Yeah yeah the like, OSW and they talk about it like being so great in so many ways it's just looking looking like shit yeah like, i love eddie kingston but he looks like shit and you know they're not wrong but 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 dave that's because their understanding of pro wrestling is so informed by the conventions of of course it's exactly so they expect yeah. the star to look like a star whereas yeah. we like look at masawa <laughs> Like, like, have you seen an older-looking forty-year-old? Like, and, yeah, but, it, and also Miss Sauri, like peak Roydy Magoo's in the <laughs> early nineties. Yeah, and he's just smuggling a walk, you know. Like, yeah. and that's and that. And he, he's wrestling koala. <laughs> <laughs> it was great, and it doesn't yeah. because he, but he looked. He didn't have to look like this over-the-top superstar, large-than-life guy. He just was, he was a wrestler. Like, that's his thing. I think that, like, it goes both ways, right? Like, the Western style has influenced Japanese style now. 100% like, it has. Top. Like, the the look of someone is, in, so, the, you know, the pomp and circumstance, the look of a character is important. Tanahashi, peak Tanahashi was a fucking specimen, you know? Yeah. 
um okada's a specimen jay like all the and you know tama at the top now all these guys at that are in that main event so you know will even they've all got a certain look now you know except tetsuya naito except naito but but again the idea being that truest authentic versions of all those guys being the way they are fits with their character archetype what they're trying to do it's just that's what it fits and i'm saying eddie fits with what he's trying to do yeah, and 100%. I, I, I get what they're saying, hundred. But it's intentional. No, 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 like, no, no, it's, I'm not shaming or anything. No, like no, that. of course not. But it's. Yeah. I don't think it was. I don't think they were either. I think it was more the fucking beard, yeah. the depression beard. I was like, it's like it's been a rough couple of weeks for Eddie. But that was. It had been a rough couple of weeks for Eddie, and that's yeah. the that's the idea. Like, if you look at Eddie, like Eddie's like Hangman, like he's he's been yeah, that guy. Yeah. He's been that guy for over a decade. And and that and that too that again goes back to what we were saying earlier about you know those indie guys are now like they're they're now on that roster you know they're main eventing they they've put in the time and those characters and they don't want to ignore their history no and real characters like that have been a thing for a long period of time they were just never put on the big show being the Fed because the yeah. Fed wasn't it because the fed still looks at it like early 90s wrestling where you well, the, the, they, they looked at it like one guy was controlling it and everyone to fit that narrative that was all that was it was it was it was chess pieces on a board yeah and it was conf, it was about conformity you have to conform to what this guy wants and that's their style and it meant that people were playing their roles it didn't mean that the 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 distinction they they the, the most overt version is they got name changes like that is yeah. such a clear example of they have something new here under us. And that's fine. That's their presentation. Okay. But that was never going to happen. It's not happening in other spaces. And it's not it's not what they want to do in AEW. And I think that the more that they sacrifice any of those aspects is the is to the detriment of their potential alternative status. And that's that was all I was getting at was like I was not equating Naito to Hangman. And people read it as that. Like I had a couple of discussions of people like saying, well, Naito came back as a as a heel, not like what Hangman's done. I was like, well, Hangman played a drunk for nine months. Like the the argument was it was deflection. They were both, it was, I was saying they're both deflecting their loss as a way to pretend they don't care about this thing and they're moving away from it and they're trying to avoid confronting the reality that they've they've failed and it's until they accept their failure as being part of their progression like you can see yeah. the motivation of the character being through the thing i'm like hangman was there for naito's run he know, he knows that can work yeah same arc same character yeah yeah they're not they're not the same person they're not even close to the same person um and i found it interesting when um we'll get to it in the in the tournament when kawada was doing the uh, commentary He's, he had a quote that charlton said something about him saying it that um that that naito has the selfishness that all great wrestlers need he was like he thinks everything's about him that's not he's not wrong <laughs> no i know he's not wrong of course he's not wrong koada knows like he, he fucking knows and uh but it, and that's the point but that that idea of what naito has gotten to has been from a position of Everything Naito had done along the way was about acknowledging his anxiety. Naito freely admitted to Tokyo Sports about like feeling that he didn't fit in with all of the club that you know the Bushis and the Shingos and that he thought they were all better than him. That he didn't feel like he had 
he doubted himself. He had such doubt. He's openly explaining this to the press, which is, of course, the equivalent of what is how New Japan does it. Again, it's in the newspaper, so it feels a little bit more real, even though it's completely kayfabe. It's all it's always kayfabe. Like he's always that character. And it's like, well, that's that's how Hangman's done the same. He's done the same thing. He's openly admitted his his foibles, his failures, and that was all I was sort of getting towards of like, and the idea of fate that Naito has that this belief that he gets now is from him sort of surrendering himself to destiny and, and stop trying to control his narrative, not stop trying to be the guy that leads the thing and instead trust in his destino. That is his destino that he will get to that point. He believes in this thing. It's like this manifest destiny stuff. But I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna force myself into these positions. I'm not gonna do this. I'm just gonna trust that I will find my way there. It's the ultimate surrendering of control, and I wouldn't be surprised to see that when Hangman gets to the spot, that it's going to require about him, probably building a team of people that are so connected to him, you know, that 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 back him, and that he can find trust and relationship in. That's obviously going back to his boys, and that he then realizes that the 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 key is to have relationships and friendships and connection with people and help them get to where they need to get to and trust that it'll trust that you'll make it to the top. You'll have to trust yourself. You can't force the thing. And I just think he's found his way multiple times through very Naito means he won a ladder match and he won a battle Royal. Like he's finding Naito ways to get himself in the title picture. <laughs> it's like, it's just destiny that keeps, that keeps, finding his way there and it'll be it'll be his continued failure that would be like well why am i failing what's going wrong you know like i just can't have my moment fuck i had it for a brief run same as night that early title run ah but i want my moment you know i want that moment and it's that's a cool story and it's different it's done completely different ways and i expect him to do different ways to get to it but there's no doubt that the archetype of a that someone that speaks to the anxieties and concerns and doubts of this generation is something that has happened in pro wrestling throughout time. It's just that we are a far more anxious and doubtful society right now. And so we'd expect those characters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're, we're more yeah. open about this thing. Like it would make sense that the hyper-violent characters of the past are probably just as anxious and would and we're de demonstrating it in the most toxically masculine ways possible. You know, yeah. like, and I just think that that's, that's what they're talking to. They're saying, yep, I agree. I think Hangman is that. But Tai Chi's like that. Like yeah. Tai Chi's Tai Chi's not uh, he's a character that's vulnerable in the weirdest ways. Like that's <laughs> like that you don't expect to be that way. And and I just think that's a real character. So when someone says, Oh, they're revolutionizing pro wrestling, it's like maybe for you in terms of your presentation of that, and that's okay. And it's cool that you've now got to experience what pro wrestling is like when the characters are are fully dimensional and they're not they're not cookie cutter and they're not archetypes that are that are just noticeable from 50 miles away and they're not they're not what you expect they subvert your expectations it's great that you're realizing that now if you like that this is like being at the video store when you when i was eight if you like that you'll probably like this and mm. just trust that just trust us and have a look at it because it, you can watch and go, no, I, I, it's not my thing, whatever. Okay. But I really think that if you're saying I like Hangman's character, I, just watch Naito and see if you fall in love. If you don't, I'll be surprised because 
There's so much about his backstory, his story that is so relatable that we saw it with the cheering crowds and it's becoming a thing. Naito is, they just want to scream his name. They just want to cheer him. And it's, <laughs> it's so great. It's incredible that like the crowd is like being pent up. He is the, he just represents a generation of pro wrestling fans in Japan. He just represents them. And when I see what Hangman is doing for this generation over here in the West, like, yeah. So that's what yeah. I'm trying to encourage people to just, just yeah. to, just to explore that because your favorite wrestlers, favorite wrestlers are over there. So, you know, like give it yeah. a go. Yeah. I, Naito's appeal is so interesting to me and it was so overt when I was in Japan because I had a, I bought a hat, I bought a Naito hat, a Los Ingenables hat. And, you know, walking down the streets of Tokyo and I would have like, <laughs> people on appearance alone, not knowing them, not speaking to them, that you just would not in- expect anywhere else in the world to come up to you and be like, oh, Naito, Naito, oh, Naito, I love Naito. Like, you know, uh, in little Japanese female voice. Female fan. I, I was being told, I've been told, Dave, that they don't exist, that, that it's a female wrestling fan you're talking about. Is that, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Well, in ah. Japan. In Japan, you're saying? Half the, half the crowd. Are you saying that, Dave? Oh. Female, uh, some of grandmas. Half? I think that's, I think that's being, I think that's being uh, conservative. Yeah. 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 More than half. But yeah, like, so his appeal across the board is uh, special. It's very obvious when you're over there. Yeah. Yeah, he's a special talent. And despite what everyone wants to say, he's still the number, he's still the number one guy. He just is. Yeah. Um, the reactions tell you that the audience tells you the amount of mer- the man's got a shirt every week. Like it just, it just the new shirt, and it flies off the shelves. And and I'm, and I'm saying, I, so when I see Hangman, I just see the parallels. I'm not. That's I just think he can be the Naito of like everyone wants him to be the Tanahashi. Like oh, he's the Tanahashi. He's the ace because he's the he's the white meat baby face kind of thing. But he hasn't got that arrogance. <laughs> he just hasn't got whatever Tana has. He doesn't have that. Like, yeah. Well, and I mean, Tana now is probably a little bit different as well because Tana has the history now. So he has the uh, uh, the 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 arrogance of history. Oh, I think he was pretty arrogant from the beginning. <laughs> I, think, I think he was pretty strong in his beliefs. Uh, I suppose. I mean, you don't make a jacket to at the outline of the belt for no reason or <laughs> yeah. call yourself once in a hundred years or whatever the, the generational yeah. star or the ace of the universe. the universe yeah it's kind of and but that's that's cool like that's fine that's his character that's who he is and and hangman can't be that it's probably more cm punk <laughs> yes it probably is it's, uh and that's um and that's okay um and well, it's not okay. Like we don't want, we don't want, <laughs> we don't want him in the backstage at a. Pre- if he starts eating muffins in the press conference, we're concerned. And that's why the Magnolia thing came up, Dave. Because like, I just really like when it it's messy. I like mm. messy, and not that doesn't mean incoherent. It just means not overt, and it allows for shit to go wrong. And it not to ruin propulsion, narrative progression. It, because like this, this whole shit with the with the good brothers is a fucking mess. 
because they fucking mess. Yeah. And they'll find a way. I'll deal with it better than anyone else. Yeah. They'll find a way to make it make sense. Whereas we've seen melts of this week talked about it. Now, I'm not, this is, this is, I mean, I like having this discussion in regards. So I'm not trying to keep referencing AW, but melts have brought it up. And I, I think it's, it's key. And it's just, a, it's all I'm trying to do is create a comparison. I want both companies to succeed in this space. And I think they can succeed together because let's, let's be real. They have a working relationship. So it's in new Japan's best interest for AEW to continue to develop and grow and, you know, be a home for Western pro wrestling for the best pro wrestlers in the West. Cause it's only going to strengthen new Japan's stuff. I mean, Mox's new deal allows him to do a G one. So we're all fucking cheering. Um, and that's a good thing. But Meltzer talked about it saying about this thing with Punk and the Bucks and Omega, there's been no word of any kind from anybody. We also, the era Hawani debacle stuff with Tony Khan and that stuff. And it's like, you can, no comment, no comment, no comment. And Meltzer did a really great thing. And I, I got, to, got to shout her out again. She's awesome on Twitter at Trish Spears uh, 48, maybe at but Trish Spears on Twitter who did the work of transcribing Meltzer, which is no easy task. Let's be real. <laughs> um, and got, uh, so we were able to read it um, this morning and he just went in on his frustration. He, he, he did, he said he didn't support Ariel Hawani's decision to, you know, go on a rant and start crying, but that's, you know, that's Ariel. Let's just be real. He'll do that. He's, he's known to a moment to, to uh, be a slightly aggrieved and, and to air fed grievances. Of his heel character and himself calling him Ariel Heel Wani. Yeah. Like, he calls himself now. Yeah. So, and he, or he wears a lucha mask when he's having a, a big complaint. Like, so we are, and he also works. He's making it, he's being vocal about it now. Yes. Yeah. And, and Meltzer said, I wouldn't have done it because of the optics, because he works, he's just done work for WWE that in the previous couple of days. So he did a voiceover for their show. So it's like, the optics of that doesn't look good. So he said, I wouldn't have done it, but he said, I'm not, he said, I'm not going to criticize Ariel. He wanted, he's more talking about the frustration of the lack of communication. And I agree because it, again, it cuts into the reality of the presentation. They're relying upon Meltzer or Sean Ross Sapp or whoever to be reporting this stuff where we all know, we know that Kashida's got hand, foot and mouth. Like we, we, like, New, he, as Dave Mons said, someone gets a cold, New Japan tell you about it. Like, yeah. And they'll tell you what they're doing and how they're changing the cards and what the decisions make. And they apologize for any inconvenience. And because that's what a sporting team would do. That's what any, any. Yeah. Subject to change. Right. But they'll explain that they'll explain the change. If yeah. you, if you, unlike, I understand, I get it. I'm not advocating that for people that they shouldn't use the internet, but. If you're watching just TV, I know it's a very rare case, but if you're only watching the programming, CM Punk, The Bucks, and Kenny Omega have been abducted. They have disappeared, and they have not been referenced. Their name has not been referenced. The titles have been switched over. Everything has happened, and it has not been announced why. There's been no discussion about it at any level. So no one should know. The only reason we know is from reporting from the dirt sheets. That's kind of weird, right? Like That's kind of weird. Like New Japan had the whole Kodobushi issue, and... Coda went and went to New Japan to fucking hold a press conference that like come out and talk about, we apologize for this. We're sorry. We, we misadvertised him. This is our thing. And it was embarrassing to them. It was embarrassing. It, it, it hurt their perceived standing in terms of they felt like they advertised someone that couldn't compete. And that's not something they do. At least yeah. And, but they had to address it. 
And what is that? And what danger does that present to this idea of investment and trust and relationship between these things? And it's playing into that same narrative I'm talking about is that you can have these real characters, right? But if you're going to play real, you have to acknowledge when you have to say this, this we've had a, um, an incident that's occurred backstage with our competitors. You can, you can write into kayfabe, not, not to the point of like they had a fucking stone cold got hit by a car, like, but more just, this is a, you know, and these people are suspended until further notice. Like, okay. Mm. We've had to strip them of the titles because of their unprofessional behavior backstage. Suspended until further notice. And okay, mm. we all know now that's what's happened. They're being suspended. We'll see when they come back. It just, for me, feels like it's trying to be both things at once and you can't. You just can't be, you can't exist in kayfabe and try to have real characters that feel that way, if that makes sense. Like we all know that it's fake. We all know that. New Japan is, is just as contrived as anyone else, but there's some way that they're able to transcend it. It's because I just feel like they they would play it how you would play it. Like the logical thing is... It's consistent and clear and... Yeah, because she's got yeah, hand, foot, and mouth. You're okay. not, yeah, you're not treating your audience like they're fucking idiots. That's the, and that's the part I don't get, Dave. I agree yeah. 100% because that is inconsistent with the way that they would tell their stories their stories are saying follow hangman's story you, we're not treating you like an idiot we're allowing you to realize that he's a character of depth and he's got this sort of stuff but we're going to treat you like you're an idiot over here and and that's the part that i'm saying it's a little bit illogical so it's just you need to find that balance and figure it out now granted new japan's had 50 years to do this so that does mean that they've had a lot of experience a lot of time and practice plenty of missteps along the way plenty of big ones right <laughs> and that's the benefit of history and they've got legacy and they've got guys there that could say maybe not this you know maybe not this you know tana can probably speak up say we're not doing this you know and i'm sure that's happening in in aw locker room as well with with jericho and mox and daniel center like no maybe not this but i do feel like there's there's that interesting interplay that I just want people to be able to realize. Like if you open your mind to more than one style of pro wrestling, open your mind to the potential that you may actually enjoy out this. It's like what it is so simple, but it's like what um, Bongju Ho said about um, when he was talking about parasite and just said, and it's my favorite quote when he was at the Academy Awards and he said, if you can all get over the, it's the, the, the one inch that people have to climb over, the mountain of the one inch. He said, if you can climb that mountain of subtitles, it opens a whole new world of cinema to you. Yeah. And it's like, but it's a mountain. That one inch is a mountain. That one little inch of barrier for entry, if you can just climb that, you're going to open your mind to all these different types of pro wrestling presentations out there, whether it's New Japan, Stardom, Noah, whatever type of pro wrestling you like, you open your mind to the potential for that like DDTs out there, like any, if you like Orange Cassidy and the shenanigans in that space, like there's space out there for that. If you see a guy like Takeshita, here's my thinking. If you love Takeshita, follow Takeshita. Yeah, don't wait for him to come on to AEW. Don't wait for him to come to you. Go where, fish where the fish are, out with mocks, fish where the fish are. And he's out there, seek him out. If you, if you like him, find him. And I feel like, 
New Japan has been sending guys to AEW, right, with that intent. But people aren't following them back. They're just like, great, AEW's got this stuff. This week, it's this stuff. And it came up again this week too, Dave. And it's a little thing, and I think it's such a nuanced area for discussion. It's such a nuanced area for discussion because Triple Mania happened this week, and Penta had this, I don't know if you've seen it, he had this like insane match. No. For, it was like a mask versus mask match, and he he won anyway. He was bleeding, and his his whole presentation was just so lucha, it was so gangster, gangster lucha. It looked awesome. It was like cool and edgy, and people were like, "Oh, they're saying like the lucha brothers are being mishandled in AEW." And I don't necessarily agree that they're being mishandled, but they're not the true. Like you're not going to yeah. get the. They're called the fucking lucha brothers, so it's it stands to reason that when they're in a lucha environment, they're going to be the most lucha. And yeah. that's the truest expression of themselves. Yeah. Well, actually, back when uh, Penta was on Beach Underground, yeah. when he was on that, he was fucking like, he was psychotic. And that's why when he, when Kenny first got matched up with him, he's like, oh, I've got to have a match with Penta. Like Penta was considered to be this fucking dangerous, unhinged psychopath. Yeah, and he's and he's still that when he's in lucha yeah, context. Yeah. yeah, because he can be. He's not presented that way on AEW because it's hard present. You can't be the truest expression. You can't bleed buckets. You can't no. do the the insanity that he would like to do with the regularity of the convention of TV wrestling, and that's okay. But you just can't be the truest form. So when people critique it and say we wish that was on AEW, it's a wish that cannot be fulfilled. No. It, maybe it can be on AEW pay-per-view, but it ain't going to be on TV. Nick Gage is a perfect example of that. Yeah. I mean, shit, Domino's <laughs> not happy, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Look, I mean, he still did sick shit, but that's that's like Nick Gage light. That's yeah. not murder. Fucking. No. Well, imagine if he cut a promo using Nick Gage promo. <laughs> Where's my fucking dog? Where's my gang at? Motherfuckers. I mean, yeah, that's that's not like peak MDK. Like, if you no. want to see, if you want to see Nick Gage, you go to GCW because you get the entrance and you get the crowd fucking rabid for which him, is ninety eight percent of Nick Gage's whole thing, right? Yeah, like because yeah, everyone is MDK fucking all, all fucking, fucking day. day. But yeah. when he's on AW, it's like MDK every other day. It's like yeah. MDK, but not on Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> not today. That's what I was getting at, though, Dave. It's like, and that's not to discredit AW. It's recognizing what AW is. That's the point that we're trying to get with a lot of this stuff is around understanding what it is and not trying to make it what it isn't. Because we've had the same critique about people talking about the House of Torture era. Yeah. recognizing what it is new uh, aw presentation on tv and now granted when it comes to pay-per-views the lucha brothers can do the crazy shit they can have all that nut stuff because that's convention of pay-per-view right we're on the fucking thing and granted even to some extent it's never going to be the same as what it's going to be in the in the place where they can be their most expressive relative to their characters and the type of wrestling that they like to do that's why people love that type of wrestling it feels so authentic that's why indie wrestling is what it is that's why that's what i'm saying is why i i really appreciate new japan because i like certain levels of presentation in terms of like production and certain levels of like you know character characters uh storytelling uh commentary that that explains that stuff you know english commentary explains that stuff 
and high level pro wrestling and independent wrestling when we were you know watching five six years ago was very high level there's no getting away from that you know i don't think anyone's going to argue that that it's not it's that it, it was where it was like we're not having pwg is not where it was right yeah but and that's 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 the reality but new japan still has some of these top top tippy top guys and they can just be themselves and they can do what they want to do the way they want to do it and that to me is is saying that's why i watch it now i'm not saying the can like if you're in america and you get to watch the convenience of aw each week and it's and it's the type of wrestling you like that's awesome that's great it's just for those people that are talking about the character elements and these things where i'm like if that's what you like in pro wrestling i believe that there are other places out there that can support what you also like and what would be cool is if the guys that you like are also being presented over there because then you've got an opportunity to see them what i would argue in their fully formed self and it's not like on a criticism of AEW. it's saying that AEW is like a showcase of pro wrestling but new japan has been doing that for generations of being the place where top guys go to just have these you know these these classic sort of matches or these classic feuds or whatever they've been doing that forever and mm. i think too it's like a, it's, it's a thing like aew has signed guys in the past with the idea of them as their indie version or whatever and been like yes we can make we can we can make this fit us mm. and then they've tried to kind of push a Square plug through a round hole. Is that how it goes? Janela. Yeah, Joey Janela was like, aside from that sort of first match on that show, or no, that was on the all-in all show. His match with Hangman. Yeah. He uh, he had a match with Kenny. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, look, he did some great stuff. Early. But as a as a every week presentation, I mean that's not Joey Janela. You can't. No. You got to. You you got to water that dude down to put him on TV every week, yeah. and he's one of those guys who you water that guy down, and he just. What is he? Well, he's... what is he? He loses his way. He's not. He loses interest. Exactly. If you water him down, yeah. it's there's no point having a watered down version of of that character because that character relies on the things that make him unique. Um, yeah. And, and I think they're probably learning that. And that's probably why the predilection to signing WWE talent, because you know that they can work on TV. So it's the risk is low, you know, but you can identify if you find someone like Takeshita and you say, okay, he'll catch yeah. lightning in a bottle kind of thing. Um, I too, it's like, it's an interesting time. Like there was a period there with like, we were talking about with those indies. And, you know, a lot of guys were getting signed by the Fed mm. uh, and a lot of guys weren't weren't signing uh, and were doing amazing stuff and sort of sticking to that scene because of the open expression. And there, it was, a, it was a, a time in wrestling, uh, you know, not only did you have the amazing stuff that was going on in New Japan, but the different... Europe. Yeah, the different OTT stuff that's going on. And... Yeah, OTT, Defy, fucking um, AAW, Beyond. Yeah. Even having... even the smaller shows were getting a lot of the guy, the top guys from those bigger indies on their Coming shows. To the small, yeah, exactly. 
and, and I'm not saying and the independence uh, GCW was sort of starting to make its way at that stage was sort of growing its its own independent vision but the other indies were were like you know like defy like you look at defy back then mjf darby allen like yeah like um uh, swerve you know like it was this it was this time of like my god all of your favorite guys were working there with regularity and some of them were signed to ring of honor or some of them were signed to evolve at the time like darby you know whatever but they would do those they had the flexibility to work those shows and it's clear it's clear that Tony Khan doesn't necessarily want guys working the indies. And that's just an interesting space. It's an interesting time because if there's not a lot of guys working independence, like West coast pro is great. I, I really like West coast pro at the moment. I think it's one of the best indies to watch. They get a, um, the benefit is they, I watch it because all the young lines work there because it's in, on, yeah. it's near the LA dojo and you get Daniel Garcia always turns up there just unannounced, which is cool. Um, and they almost always have you know, Titus Alexander, who I think is a really good young wrestler and is probably going to get signed somewhere. Um, like those type of guys that are that are really, you know, the next generation of these wrestlers are there. But you don't, I heard Daniel Garcia talk about it, saying like when the whole scene sort of got signed up, he was like, it was, it was like, it was me, Utah, Moriarty, Blackwood. And it was like, that we just had to learn from each other. We we're wrestling each other everywhere. Like, him and Wheeler Yuta are wrestling in every like every promotion. They just go and they'd have these matches because that were the guys that were around to work, you know. And like it's cool to see Stokely Hathaway and and uh, and MJF paired again, like they used to be on Beyond, right? Like it's cool to see that. But it's like for people, people don't. I don't know how many people actually know that that actually was a yeah. thing, you know. Like I don't know how many people know that. And the people that do, that's cool. They get to see that. But it, I wonder if they look and they go. Yeah, it's awesome. MJF's a generational talent, but he's not the same. He can't be the 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 that whatever we had there, that essence. And it's like anything. It's like watching filmmakers that that make great independent films and then go and make studio films. We've said the same thing. It's like you just, as I said, New Japan is that one like bastion in that respect that allows them to be as close to that while still having all the benefits of big crowds, big stage, and then putting him in with masters. You know, and mm. that just seems like it seems like it's such a dream. Um, and I just, I just have just noticed that this week more than more than any week prior, it's just like, I just feel like it's sort of crystallizing in my head of like what I like about it. It's not to the detriment of, of another company, it's not to the detriment of um, AEW. I can watch AEW, but I, I, like, I can't watch WWE. I'm not going to pretend I can. Um, I can watch AEW because I understand what it's you know doing and what the conventions are and what it's fixed to because the characters are, are still characters that I would like to see in other promotions. I see them in other promotions. Still, no, it's not going to see it the same. But there's still a, a focus on that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Conscious. Yeah, and it's you know it's not so much about you know you could just watch it any time and know what's going on. Like you still got to follow along the stories and yeah. Um. I get that. And I like, I appreciate that, that, that sense of, you know, longer form storytelling and that kind of thing, not just being able to drop in at any time. Mm. Um, but yeah, fuck. Not for me. <laughs> well, that's, and that's what I'm saying is I, I don't think people should be criticized. It's, it's a, it's opinion based on things that understand what you do and they're like yeah yeah exactly and if you can yeah. say i don't like this this and this 
then and then that's cool and it's like well i won't recommend this person to you because that clearly is not going to fit like what you like understand but i just ask for people to understand why they like it and if you can just put a little bit of thinking into why you like it you might be able to discover a whole bunch of other things it's that little bit of critical awareness that that allows you to open your mind to new possibilities you might actually yeah. find things you also like i did and that was one of the best things about that that period in the indies was just going <laughs> let's give it a go what? boy finding <laughs> we went boy finding yeah 100 we jumped just, on the banger bus like, let's check out this fucking indie and see who's on there and we're like oh that check out that dude this yeah awesome. and we and yeah. we were so focused i mean i'll never forget um orange cassidy versus the swamp monster <laughs> from fucking chikara <laughs> and being like and being like what is like still life was there too like it was like yeah, what yeah. is this <laughs> eat a surreal crushing it and you're just like this is so different and i'm so pleased this exists i'm so happy that this thing out there is for the people that love this thing but even in the you want to talk about contrived even in the most contrived possible space it there is this singular character that you just are transfixed by like I just like this Orange Cassidy guy. This guy is, yeah. and they're in, and they're in places like DDT now, and yeah, uh, now you know, like you'll find the, the you'll people, find guys that you connect with, women that you connect with, and yeah. that's the thing. It's just, and I just find that when it comes all to under the umbrella of of one company, for my taste, that the most boys hanging out the biggest umbrella is New Japan. Their umbrella has yeah, a lot of boys yeah, under it that yeah. I can relate to and I can connect to, and the ease of access is is easier than than the other sort of japanese pro wrestling promotions like i'm very keen to watch glate i want to get into glate because it just seems like all the it seems like all the boys i would like seem to be in glate like the fucking the magic the fucking magical walnut is there for one but like yeah. like bandito was just hanging out in glate for a week i was like i should probably watch some glate and show went and worked for glate it's like okay and I've said the same thing about stardom. I'm like, stardom looks like it'd be for me. Like, I think stardom would be for me. And it's, I have to be mindful of myself and saying, okay, I should give it a go. And I keep saying it to myself. And, and so, if, but if someone says to me, do you watch stardom? I say, no, I have to also acknowledge, like, there's probably, there's probably stuff I like there. And maybe if I find the time, I'll look for that. And if you don't want to open it up, I'm not going to criticize someone for not looking. I'm just saying, don't ignore the possibility because it's so easy to say, oh, well, New Japan is not what it used to be, blah, blah, blah. But for these people that don't know what New Japan is or was or what it used to be or what it isn't, I think they're not clouded by that that idea of the expectation that it needs to be 2017 New Japan or whatever. I think they just they just want to, like, you, you like Jay White in A... That's the, that, that's the part that frustrates me. It's like, you like Jay White in AW. It's like, well, you probably... You, you're going to get the real version over here. It doesn't work like that in the perfect way. It's better to find of you like this type of presentation of say a hangman, you will like this type of presentation of a say a Naito. I I firmly believe the same beats that will connect you and emotionally will be be over there as well. Did we have any other questions, Josh? No, we only had the one question this week, Dave. Right. Only the one question. I was very sad, but I I think uh it wasn't too bad. I thought that was enough for um i have some news oh you'll get my authentic reaction no it's not really all that much news it's just i don't know how much you know about it you know the chris dickinson um yeah yeah so chris dickinson has been working new japan strong and he's obviously got 
allegations, right? Yeah. Is that uh, sexual abuse or something? Uh, domestic violence. Yeah. Uh, two partners. Not good. Uh, I've been fairly vocal on Twitter about it. Uh, I actually, I've been using the hashtag New Japan Week because uh, I'm like, look, I do not expect, let's be real, I do not expect, or, or the bastion of morality is pro yeah. wrestling. But all that I ask is in the same way we've talked about before, man, about being transparent about, okay, you're booking this guy. Don't pretend like this is not something that we are all aware is happening. So you have to be transparent in saying, are you comfortable with booking him? Have you done any, what have you done? Have you done an investigation? Have you done, have you looked into any, like what are, if it was a sporting event, for instance, it was a, it was a sports team and someone had that, we would expect there to have been an internal investigation at very least. Hmm. Um, here in Australia and the NRL, there's a no fault stand down policy. So if someone is not even they're found guilty, but if they're charged with an offense or they're, they're in that space, they are stood down until the investigation can take place like that's just to protect the uh integrity of the sport and to not bring the game into disrepute right yeah yeah and also protecting of the potential victims as well exactly right it's about it's about giving space and time for the process to take its course right and not not a presumption of anything it's just okay this is what we're going to do new japan's strong after listening to Tom Lawler talk about it, he was so passionate about it. Him and Fred Ross were so passionate about talking about this brand and how they've worked so hard to build this brand as this distinct thing that is when, when Tom Lawler went to, um, when he went to Japan, he was saying what he was so happy about was that Japanese fans came up to him and said, uh, we watch you on Strong every week. We love Strong. And he was like, wow, there's like people are watching me. They, and we knew that when he got a pop, when no, people there are fans, like they're, they're hardcore fans of this stuff. They love their New Japan. And he's like, we've built a brand. We can bring in AW guys, we can bring in Impact guys, but we've got an idea and identity. They've worked really hard to craft that. Jay's talked about it. Like it's been a project that all the boys have worked hard on. And Rocky's done a great job in that space. But it's a, one of their blind sides has been this Chris Dickinson stuff. Um, and... And it's frustrating because, granted, I know that they're the speaking out movement. I know there are guys pro wrestling that have got allegations. That's not, um, but the issue is it's that I said it on Twitter and it's going to sound harsh, but it's reality. I understand why people will book Brock Lesnar despite the history of um, comments and sexual like allegations, right? Yeah. Because He's Brock Lesnar and he brings box office. He brings in money. I can understand that. Now, he's same as Undertaker, Steve Austin, fucking yeah. the list is fucking endless. Yeah. Right. But I understand yeah. why yeah. that's. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Fucking Captain Helicopter himself. You know, like I understand yeah. why they, it's not good, but their star power, their persona, their charisma, and their fucking aura overpowers the the things that have been said and the things that have happened, the allegations and more than allegations of fucking proven allegations. Right. Yeah. So I understand why that is done. I don't, I'm, I'm not saying I don't fucking like, Oh yeah, great. I don't agree with it, but I understand it's welcome to, unfortunately this is, we talked about the world is messy. That is messy. Hmm. But Chris Dickinson is not Brock Lesnar, right? There is no, no there is no situation in which there is a need 
to book someone in a position that could potentially harm a brand that everyone has worked hard to do to get to that point. That's my my point of view. It's like I don't understand the rationale. Do you think he's a trans like he's gonna be his character's gonna transform everything? Like regardless, I'm not I'm not here to say whether he's guilty or not guilty. I'm not here, I'm here to respect the position that everyone's holding in this space and just give it the time to go through the process and see yeah. what the outcome is. Wouldn't you, I mean, also some consistency within the one brand, like hasn't New Japan like sacked fucking Tucker and stuff in the past for infidelity, not yep. fucking uh, domestic violence, oh, yeah. just cheating on his wife. Not yeah. to say that that's a good thing or anything like that, but there's there's still a, there's a fucking significant difference between cheating on your wife and fucking beating her. Yeah, exactly right. And so because it's like it brought, it's almost like, western versus you know domestic product where it's like the japanese product is that you bring it into disrepute like if it's a scandal we mm. have to remove you for some period of time and then we bring you back and whether that's right or wrong like there's guys like honma and there's that have had issues with things like you know potential domestic issues in the past and he went away and he's come back and yeah the question is whether that's right or wrong and I, again i'm again i'm not looking for the fucking I'm not here to moralize. I'm not here to say that one is right or wrong. I'm being recognizing there are things in progressing that I don't endorse, but it's part of, unfortunately, it's part of the product. It's like, yeah. it's how the sausage is made and it's not nice, but that's the reality. So I've been pretty vocal about the Dickens and stuff. And it's just because I felt like I was invested in that guy. I liked him. I fucking contributed to his fucking hip replacement stuff when he was doing that. I was like, I felt for that guy. Yeah. And I'm like, I was like, ah, that was, that sucked. I was like, that sucks. And, but I also rationalized where it's like, okay, well, I'm not, it's no great loss. Like there's, there's like five or six more guys they could just put in that spot that have done really great. Like Fred Yeho is there. He exists, put him in there. And so I just think that the frustration has been why, like he was wrestling Rossa. He's wrestling the, the doing a strong title thing. And then worst of all was New Japan tweeted out a thing saying about him being a he cowardly attacking because they booked him as a heel when he came back. And it's like, that's just, that's not good. That's shameful. It's scummy. It's bad because yeah. it's like, he's, he's going to be booed because it's, people know. Yeah. It's a, bit fucking, it's a bit fucking tone deaf too, you know? It is. But, and yeah. the thing about it is it's not like a situation. This is not, I'm not again here to get into this discussion. But it's not a situation. Again, I understand. I don't know what they did, and I don't know. They've just said there was an investigation. But like Darby Allen's another example, right? So there was allegations mm -hmm. against Darby, but he was a clearly a protected guy they wanted to go with. They said they didn't invest. So AW said they did an investigation, and he was cleared. Okay, so whether you want to agree or disagree, but they at least made a conscious effort to say, this is what we've done. And they had invest, invested interest in making sure that he's a, and I can understand that he's a commodity for them. Um, it was an allegation and they've looked into it. I don't know. You, you have to trust the company in this respect, but at least they were admitting that was a part of it. Mm. But New Japan did, which is what I was frustrated about, Dave, was that they had said by, by turning him heel, right? They're tacitly acknowledging that they know that people are going to want to boo the man. So they're recognizing that there is an issue. But at no point yeah. did they do that. And for a period of time, Dave, they weren't even advertising that he was going to appear at a show so that people didn't know that he was going to be there because they knew that putting his name and, and showcasing him was going to be an issue. They pulled him off a couple of shows because they knew it was going to be an issue. Only to, it was like, this is a bad look. It's a terrible look. 
And the key part I was trying to make about it was, was like, oh, well, it's only the online, it's only the online audience and that that are following along on Reddit or Twitter that are seeing these allegations. It's like, yes, I agree. But who the fuck do you think are turning up to watch New Japan strong shows? The yeah. most online engaged pro wrestling fan. And to to think that those two are not, it's not a situation. It's not it's not a situation like WWE where it's just the casual fans and people that are just following along the TV. There's a WWE. Yeah. These people yeah. know this stuff. And so they don't want to be presented with that. So all I've I said, all of this to say that he had his his match was on this weekend on Strong. I didn't watch it, obviously. Against Fred Rosser, which I felt very, I felt sad for Fred because Fred Rosser's having a great run and his whole gimmick is fucking blocked the hate and about being the most positive guy, you know, like he's a champion yeah. sort of thing. And it's like, that's just not fair for him. And it ended in a double count out, right? That's how it ended, apparently. And I've, it's been reported. So I can actually say this and we can put it on the, on the thing. The Super Jcast Twitter has reported from multiple sources that Dickinson is now done with New Japan. Okay. And, speculating that you know that it's curious everyone's like well why did that end in a double you know count out maybe there was an argument of no one wanted a job on the way out maybe there was a bit of a no one's got a job um that could happen um so <laughs> bad news brown and fucking uh, rowdy roddy piper rowdy roddy piper finish fight job and fight at the back um yeah and yeah <laughs> The classic fucking Duggan. Yeah, the Duggan. <laughs> he he went for a Duggan's finish, and he dug in his way out of the company. Um, he can he can he can go do the Duggan late WCW gimmick for all I give a shit. Yeah, um, he's uh, dug in his own grave. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. And but so I'm I'm pleased to report that I hope it's great. It's I I got to give props to Joel from the Super J Cast. It's good reporting he's found this and it's there's there's so few people that are actually doing reporting in new japan like they can actually find those type of stories that are looking for the stuff it's not just signing that's the actual stuff that new japan fans i think for the most part care about because as i said we want to promote the brand and try to engage people in the brand and when there's things like that that are you know the unpleasantness that is not needed it's a it's an own goal like it's it's just so unnecessary I'm pleased to see it. Like they, there was a talk about them trying to get Marty School back in during the pandemic, and that was also shut down by the boys. You know, they were like, "This is going to hurt the brand." You know, like yeah. And it's like just have a bit of like I understand the boys looking after the boys or whatever the things, but recognize the optics of it and recognize where we are, and recognize your fan base. And as you said, Dave, New Japan has a like, and this should not be an issue. It should not be the reason, but New Japan has a very strong female fan base, and I think men should be also not, not happy endorsed, not should not be happy about it either yeah. but i understand that it has a particularly uh damaging effect on uh women's potential engagement with the product um so i'm like what are you doing like you just you should it just it was, it was a bad move and i'm glad that i don't know whether it was the feedback i know that twitter is very against it and i'm very pleased to see that and i'm as i said i feels like there's a community out there that know what they want in pro wrestling and they know what they don't want in pro wrestling and i think that's one of those ones where it's like good shit good shit twitter good shit uh people that were against that sort of stuff i don't expect us to get rid of all the uh alleged abusers in pro wrestling but you know at the end of the day like there's so many talented guys out there and yeah. champion fellas like jay white 
Tom Lawler at the top of that card, you got to think they're like, come on, man. Like we're these family men that are just like, you know, with the next generation mm-hmm. of pro wrestling, we don't need this type of guy. Also, like who wants a difficult prick like that, that on his way out, won't do a fucking job. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Like, what are you trying to protect now at this point, mate? Like, end the day, like, we may be a new Japan pro wrestling podcast, we may be, but you not to the extent of we fucking endorse everything that they do and they can't do anything wrong. Like, this is a monumental fuck up that they've been doing, and I'm pleased to see that they may have fucking found some level of sense, you know? Um, yeah, and as I said, I'm not here to moralize, I know there's a couple of guys that are on the main roster that may be have questionable things but at the end of the day um i understand the situation that we're in and i'm saying that i think that uh, it's not moral relativism I'm not saying one's better the other but it's like just no unforced errors and that's an unforced error and yeah. the message it sends is the wrong message and that's the reality the message it sends is don't worry if you've got some issues come here we'll book you on new japan strong and yeah. you don't want New Japan Strong to be the fucking NWA equivalent, right? Like that's like <laughs> I just don't want that to be the thing, right? That's their thing. Go work there, you know. Like I'm just shut on the NWA to finish, but that's a it's. I just think it needs to be said, Dave. That's all I'm saying. <laughs>